This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. And today is Thursday, August 27th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Hurricane Laura pounded the Gulf Coast for hours with ferocious winds, torrential rains, and rising seawater as it roared ashore over southwestern Louisiana near the Texas border early Thursday with a life-threatening Category 4 storm. Authorities ordered coastal residents to evacuate, but not everyone did in an area that was devastated by Rita in 2005. Videos on social media showed Laura, uh, Laura's winds battering a skyscraper in Lake Charles, blowing out windows as glass and debris fl- uh, flew to the ground. The Category 4 hurricane can cause damage so catastrophic that power outages may last for months in places and wide areas could be uninhibitable for weeks or months. The threat of such devastation poses a new disaster relief challenge for a government already straining to deal with the coronavirus pandemic. With more than 290,000 homes and businesses without power in the two states, near-constant lightning provided the only light for some people. The National Hurricane Center said the storm, which intensified rapidly Wednesday before plowing into land with sustained winds of 150 miles per hour, came ashore at 1 a.m. near Cameron, a 400-person community about 30 miles east of the Texas border. Early Thursday, Laura was centered about 15 miles west, northwest of Lake Charles and moving north at 15 miles per hour. Winds had weakened slightly to 130 miles per hour since making landfall. More than 580,000 coastal residents were under orders to flee in the largest evacuation since the coronavirus pandemic began and many did filling hotels and sleeping in cars since officials didn't want to open mass shelters and worsen the spread of COVID-19. I tell you man I've, I've never heard them use the phrase if they have I hadn't heard it paid attention but unsurvivable tidal surge they've yeah. been throwing I that saw around. That. Yeah. that experience and yeah. so they know what can happen and yeah. they see stuff like this and they're I, I think sometimes you have to use that language yes. to get people to get, Leave. Out. To yeah. get I know but like they, they can't open these mass shelters like where are they going? I, I saw know. that, that uh, people, um, there was like a, a group or a bunch of people that came here. You know, I don't know if they have family or, or you know, what had happened. But, um, yeah, like, you know, where are these poor people? Where are they going to go? But they, I heard the, the nine-foot storm surge. Like, yeah. I mean, that's pretty bad. Yep. Uh, so and this they were is, saying, like, in downtown. Yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. We're, yeah, terrible. Two women are dead and a teenager is left injured after a car jumped the curb and struck them while they were on their way walking to get takeout food in West Philadelphia Wednesday night. This is also an awful story. It happened at 9.30 in the evening on the 600 block of North 35th Street in the city's Mantua section. Officials said the impact of the crash was so severe it sent one of the victims flying across the street and into the front door of a nearby vacant property. Her body landed in the living room of the home. The, 30, the 30-year-old woman was pronounced dead at Presbyterian hospital. A 57-year-old woman was lying on 35th Street. She was transported to the hospital where she was also pronounced dead. Officials said a 14-year-old girl suffered leg injuries and is currently in stable condition at Presbyterian. Police said the 19-year-old female driver stopped nearby. According to investigators, she's being tested for possible DUI. In a video posted to the Reading School District's Facebook page, Superintendent Dr. Khalid Mumin begins by sharing a passage from his favorite poem, The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. But before he can finish, Kid Superintendent Jermaine Edwards II steps in with his own message of reassurance in a year that brought us murder hornets and Tiger King, which he says isn't what he thought it was. <laughs> you got this, the nine-year-old says, while providing his own advice for a successful year. And we have a clip of the little boy. The past couple of months haven't been easy, huh? A global pandemic, politics, social unrest, Tiger King, no! Nah! The 
show is not what I thought it was about. You're on mute! 2020 has been kicking our butts. I can say butts, right? It's okay to feel overwhelmed right now. Or anxious. Or nervous about remote learning. But remember, we're all doing the best we can. And that's all that matters. Kids aren't looking for perfection. We're just looking for you to be present. I know that because I'm a kid. Yeah. That's great. By the end, you'll be ready to go back to school yourself. Jermaine's mom, Kristen Boyd Edwards, said the video came together thanks to the work of Lone Cricket Productions and a promise to Jermaine that he would get some Taco Bell for his performance. (laughs) That's all it takes. She also happens to be the communications director for the Reading School District. She decided to put the inspirational video together after the new school year celebration was canceled thanks to the pandemic. The soft-spoken child says, I always want to make other people happy. Like if uh, they're sad or nervous, I just want to make them more happy. I think this kid it's a natural. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, the superintendent, Dr. Khalid Mumin, uh, is a friend of ours. But you can watch the entire video. It's it's really adorable. It's on uh, PrestonandSteve.com if you want to see it. In sports this morning. The Flyers beat the New York Islanders 4-3 in overtime yesterday afternoon, evening their second-round series at one game apiece. The Flyers got out to a 3-0 lead, but the Islanders came back to tie it, including a controversial goal with just under three minutes left in the third period. Phil Myers scored the game winner two minutes and 41 seconds into the sudden-death overtime. Game three is tonight in Toronto, and the puck is set to drop at 7 o'clock. The Milwaukee Bucks' decision to not take the floor for game five of their first-round playoff series against the Orlando Magic prompted the NBA to postpone all three games scheduled for yesterday. The NBA said that the three game fives, including the Bucks versus the Magic, the Houston Rockets versus the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the LA Lakers versus the Portland Trail Blazers would be rescheduled. Milwaukee is about 40 miles north of Kenosha, Wisconsin, the city where 29-year-old Jacob Blake, a black man, was shot seven times by police on Sunday. Blake was shot as, as he attempted to enter the driver's side door of his vehicle with three children inside. And the Phillies beat the Nationals last night in Washington. Aaron Nola bounced back from the shortest outing of his career to throw seven strong in and the Phils rallied for a 3-2 win. Bryce Harper delivered the go-ahead RBI single in the seventh to help the Phils win their third in a row. Nola gave up two runs on five hits while striking out eight. The series in D.C. wraps up tonight, and Spencer Howard will get the start. Game time is scheduled for 6.37. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks a bunch, Kath. And like I said earlier, it's a Thursday morning. We welcome you to it. Majority of the work week, we're getting through that. We have a lot, 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 lot happening today, so hang on for... Quite a few people that will be joining us, and we're going to start with a big one at about 8.20, actor James McAvoy. Love it. Is going to be getting in touch with us. Yes, he has a charity event. It's a local charity uh, that he is promoting, and uh, we've had a, a chance to meet him and talk to him before. He's a super nice guy, insanely talented actor. Oh, my God. I just watched two weeks ago uh, The Last King of Scotland. Oh, my God. Man, is he good in that. He is incredible yeah. in that. Yeah, and that's a, that's a heavy that's movie. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be on around 8.20. We are also going to have uh, Chris Porter getting in touch with us. He's uh, live streaming from San Francisco on Friday. Is that what's happening? Yeah, he's okay. got, it's a uh, comedy event. Okay, uh, yep. so we'll uh, we'll talk to him about that. Uh, we also have another great actor, William Sadler, joining us. 
And William, he's been in so many different things, uh, including Shawshank Redemption. He plays Haywood in Shawshank Redemption. He's in the Green Mile, too, yeah? He's in the... Uh, yeah! Yeah, yeah. That's right. So he's, he's done a lot of Stephen King. The Two Dead Girls, which yeah. is a, a plot line in the, in the book. He's yeah. the dad. And you know, he also is, Steve, what was the... Um, uh, there's a Steven Seagal movie. Oh, is it oh, hard to kill. Uh, I think it's hard to kill. He's he's the he's the he's, he's the, the bad politician. He's the simpering bad politician. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but he also plays death in Bill and Ted the second movie, and he's going to reprise that role in Bill and Ted Face the Music. He's a great actor, so I'm very much looking forward to talking to him. He's always been one of my favorites. Yep, and we also have uh, Jim Gaffigan on the show. Freaking Jim Gaffigan. So we're we're star-studded today, and we will have your chance to win some tickets to see Jim Gaffigan. He's going to be performing this Saturday in Philadelphia. It's a live-in drive-in. We'll keep an eye on that weather forecast and see how things are going to go. Hopefully, that'll be earlier in the day. We'll see what happens. For the evening, it'll be good. If not, we'll see what happens, but... We'll have a chance to win some tickets to it. And keep in mind, it's the same thing as it was with Burt Kreischer or the Struts, these shows that we've been uh, uh, sponsoring. And you, it's you, up to four people in the car, sitting in there, listening to it on your radio, but you're right there in front of the stage. You can actually order food and beverages Everything. from your car, merchandise and stuff like that. It's a really cool experience. And Gaffigan's awesome. Yeah. So we'll talk to him a little bit later on this morning and also have your opportunity to win some tickets to that show. And then we'll have a grand prize associated with that that I think we'll give away tomorrow. Yes. we have a- includes an entire year of Hot Pockets. For you know, free. Nick is a major fan of Hot he Pockets. Is, he, he is. is. Yeah. That's where we got the oh no from. Yeah, yeah, there was a shortage or a recall or something, and yeah. Yeah. All right, so these things and more are taking place today. I'm sure I'm forgetting some stuff, so we'll get to it as we go along. A lot of stuff in the entertainment news. There was a baby brought into the world (laughs) by celebrities. I'll tell you about that, as well as a stupid question with some giveaways. Stay there. We'll be back in a moment. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Steven Singer Jewelers Showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut is now open for appointments only. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com to book your appointment today. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, uh, so your stupid question this morning. The prize is a $50 Rita's gift card, and uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, the Peacock. The Peacock. Okay. So here is a question for you. Peacock refers to the male. Peahen refers to the female. Now, what is the term for the species? All right, not like not the uh, the Latin term, not the scientific term. Right. But you have a peacock, a peahen. But if you want to refer to them as non-gender, what is the term that is used for the species? So when you say peacock, you're always referring to the male that is of correct. the species. And what is the general term for the species? Correct. 215-263-WMMR. I didn't know that. see if you know the answer. All right, so I have a few birthdays to mention while we're waiting for your call to come in. Uh, Thursday, August 27th, we're going to start with one of Casey's favorites, Paul Rubin's birthday. Hey! Oh. Hey! Mm-hmm. Yeah! Now, do me a favor yeah. before we just talk about Pee Wee Herman. Give me your favorite non Pee Wee Herman role from Paul Rubens. Okay, if you have one. So the the role that he played in Blow, yeah, uh, is really really good. I never saw Blow. So Blow with Johnny Depp. It's based, it's a true story, right? It, About it's that, based you know, on a true story. It's yeah. actually really good. It's it's that's what the, like fifteen years old now. That movie twenty it's years old. Pretty old. They, yeah. Um, yeah, and so he plays uh, him and Bobcat Goldthwait are both in the movie. 
in roles that you're not normally used to seeing them in. He's really good in that. Also, Steve, I love him in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's really good. He's, He's playing a comedic character. You know what he was really, really good in? He was in Gotham, the TV series, for okay. a while. Yeah. And he, I believe he was related to uh, the Penguin. Okay. And, uh, but his character was really dark and evil, and it was wild. Okay. I got to go with uh, Spleen from Mystery Men. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. His, yeah. his, uh, his oh, power yeah. was uh, farting. And, uh, he was a yeah, slimy, was scuzzy character. bastard. Yep. Yeah. So, Kath, I know that you're not a fan. You didn't like uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse on Saturday mornings. No. Uh, I, I, it, I think it was on Netflix. I was watching it, and I obviously had never seen it on um, like a high-definition right, TV. Right, right, right. It was crazy because you could see the makeup on his collar. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was watching it in high def, I was like, that, you know... Well, that was know. the big. But the, the, the first time he really took off is when they, they there was that HBO special. I love P- that. Yeah, and and it was it was uh, Phil Hartman was in. Phil Hartman, it. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you still think it's funny, dude? Kathy, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, absolutely hands down, still holds up to this okay. day. I wasn't sure if it was like something that like you know as a kid Pass you thought with time. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. Once you snapped but out, I of it. just yeah, I I just ne- I know I say it all the time too whenever we talk about, it, but like I just didn't get it. I yeah. did not like yeah. it. That's right. It, it, you know, Tim Burton made the movie. Danny Elfman did the music. Like, so the movie holds up. I mean, it's 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 a silly movie about you know a, 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 a man, man who, man child. a man child yeah, who child, loses yeah. his bike. But like yeah. all the actors that that play in it are just one Oscar. Yeah, they uh, did not. Did no, they? No, they not uh, all of them. But, but they should have. Damn. We it. spent way too much time on Paul. Rubens. Paul Rubens is sixty eight today. So is uh, well, she's not sixty eight, but she celebrates birthday today. Downtown Julie Brown. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Former MTV VJ, Wubba 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 was her catchphrase. Uh, well, she was the dance show, right? It was what was the uh, was yeah Club MTV. Club MTV, I think she was. Yeah, she's yeah. fifty-seven. Uh, Barbara Bach, oh. uh, Bond Girl, Spy Who Loved Me, Caveman, a movie that Steve and I love. I love it. It's cheesy. It, the effects are, are goofy, and it's a fun movie. How can you not love it? And I yeah. also love another cheesy movie she's in called Up the Academy. Oh Mad, Mad Magazine's Up the Academy. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, she plays a like a hot teacher. Yep. Wife of Ringo Starr. Still, yeah. they've been married for a long time. Uh, she is 73 today. Uh, Chandra Wilson, who is on Grey's Anatomy. Don't know who she is. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. She was in Peewee's uh, Biggest Adventure. <laughs> oh, she okay, was not. No, she's uh, she, African-American woman. Uh, was not one of the young. I, I'm fairly certain this is who it is. Not, you know, when Grey's Anatomy started, it was like all these kids that were coming out of the residency or whatever. And she okay. was like, yep. you already. know, major on the screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I recognize uh, We also have, uh, we had uh, Adrian, the drummer from No Doubt, had a birthday the other day. It's Tony Canal, the bassist of that band. He's a great bass player. He's 50 years old today. And he and Gwen were an item for a long time. They had a thing. They split up and managed to keep the band together for a while. Almost so. impossible. Yeah, yeah, but then she changed directions musically and moved on. Wasn't she was she supposed to be on tour this summer with No Doubt? Oh, I don't know. Quite possibly. Well, this is a big yeah. No Doubt fan. Okay. Uh so do you have the next one here, Casey? I do. All right, today's birthday all birthdays include one of my all-time favorite guitarists, Alex Lifeson uh-huh. of Rush. Celebrates his 67th birthday today. Gave one of the uh, funniest Rock and Roll Hall of Fame award speeches. He said nothing but blah, blah, blah the entire time. <laughs> and he apparently made the decision at within a few minutes before their acceptance. He decided uh, he had a speech and he's like, screw it. I'm, it. I'm just going to get up here and do this goofy thing. And it kind of took, uh, took on a life of its own. So 
Great guitar player. Happy birthday, Alex Lifeson. Kind of looks like a yeah, can- Canadian Kenny Rogers, right? Yeah, but now he does, yeah. 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 He's grown the facial hair out. Uh, Glenn Matlock was the original bassist of the Sex Pistols. And he turns 64 years old. Sorry, I had no idea that the series Matlock is supposed to be that Glenn, that Matlock. No kidding. Older as a lawyer in a small country town. They kind of shot forward in time. And And apparently uh, if you watch, there are references to the Sex Pistols in the series. I would have to go back and see that more closely. Happy birthday, Glenn Matlock. Also, uh, Tom Ford, the fashion designer. Uh, and apparently he's a director, too? Yes. Okay. He, he, what is the movie he directed? It starts off with a whole bunch of plus-size people. It says a single Ma- man. Is that it? Maybe that's it. I don't know if that's it or not. But, he's, uh, he, people love him, though. Yeah. And the critics love the movies. He's... I wear uh, Tom Ford perfume. <laughs> Do you? Do you? <laughs> perfume? Yeah. It's, it is perfume? It's perfume. It's leather ombre. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I think it's unisex. So You know what? It probably is. Case. Yeah. Yeah. But they call it a perfume? I don't know. Or parfum. Uh, well, I didn't buy it in the men's section. Listen, I bought it for my wife. She didn't really care for it. It cost a lot of money. I really like the way it smelled. I love little discoveries like that. So, yeah, so like you, I, say, you say her bras feel comfortable, yeah, too. Yeah, they do. Yes, well, yes. yeah. Um, but uh, I, I kind of mix it with my other colognes. What's it called? Leather ombre. Ombre leather, yeah. Ombre it, leather, yeah. It's unisex. It's You're unisex. Good. When Casey's mom moved in, he started wearing <laughs> her underwear. Yeah. No, I didn't start. That no. was something that, was that, that he I, continued. Yeah. I've been doing he since I was a kid. Get your facts yeah. right, man. Yeah. I love Ombre leather. that you embrace your femininity. <laughs> I love it. Listen, I just like the way it smells, man. <laughs> Simple as that. I just like the way it feels. I just like the way it feels. Mm-hmm. There was a time when I, as a smoker, <laughs> as a smoker, I would wear, um, uh, like, Bath and Body Works, um, whatever that spray stuff oh, is. Oh, the spray, yeah, like the body spray. Yeah. To cover the smell of the uh, cigarettes. Yeah. And, uh, and so I didn't go, like, with girly, girly stuff. It was more like, whatever. Yeah. But my girlfriend at the time ended up buying me, like, the man version of the body spray, and I hated the way that smelled. You like the feminine version. I just like the pleasant, like, It interacts stuff. with your body chemistry. Yeah. yeah. I like to smell pretty. I like to smell yeah. Don't you well, find me beautiful? <laughs> here's the deal, guys. I've been wearing it for months, and nobody has even said anything like, dude, you smell like a chick. It's not. Honest, it's unisex. It's unisex. That's it's, why. Yes. The farts overpower it, so... Stop it. I haven't picked up Be nice. I'm sorry. I, I've actually never... <laughs> I am in no mood for this! <laughs> if you are if you actually have a, 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 a designer smell, I've never noticed it. So yeah. that, uh, but designer I've never, smell? I've never thought, I've never wow, thought that you smell designer. unpleasant. Yeah, He's, like he's his, mixing his own at home. I like his sunglasses. Tom Thank Ford you. is 59. And then the Not last yet. birthday I'm going to mention <laughs> is the great Aaron Paul of Breaking Bad. Yes. Pinkman. Is uh, 41 years old today. We were is he getting to... his own series? I don't know. We that were was suppo- a rumor. We were supposed to have him in studio. We, he was actually, we were going to have a live broadcast in Atlantic City, and he was coming to that. He had his own Tom Ford fragrance. Yeah. <laughs> and then the snow came, or didn't come, but canceled it all. Yeah, yeah. The I would have loved to have had him in. I liked that movie. I liked El that, Camino? That, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was great. I thought yeah, it was too. excellent. Yeah, it was really well done. Yeah, I need to go back and visit that again. There's a, a local birthday here, too, Preston. I thought you wanted to bring up. Oh, Jimmy Pop. Nice. Jimmy Pop from the uh, Bloodhound Bloodhound Gang Gang is turning 48 today. Wow, yeah. I I was in uh, in Maine with my son a couple of weeks ago, and uh, just sort of under his breath, he was singing uh, the Discovery Channel song. (laughs) And I was like, uh, you know what that song's about, buddy? And Uh, and he's like, yeah, it's about the Discovery Channel. I was like, yes, yes, it it is. is. That's exactly what it's about. (laughs) Those guys uh, had uh, kind of, they've they've had a nice little... um, Place in yes in uh, pop culture pop culture I guess is a way to put it yeah so happy birthday Jimmy Pop that's cool all right let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question this morning 
Uh, peacock refers to the male of the species. Peahen, the female of the species. What is the species overall known as? And we will go to Keegan and see if we can get the answer. Hey, Keegan. I heard it. I heard it. What's up, Keegan? Good morning. Uh, the answer is peafowl. Peafowl. Oh. That's correct. One moment, sir. We'll get your info and set you up. We have a $50 Rita's gift card, and summer is still on in full force at Rita's. You can head to Rita's for all your favorite delicious frozen treats. It's the summer of yum at Rita's. All right, I uh, tease this, and I'll lead with it. Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom have welcomed their new baby. Yeah. A daughter named Daisy Dove Bloom. Uh, The couple announced their daughter's arrival via UNICEF. They are both Goodwill ambassadors for the charity. And shared a black and white image of their little grasping, uh, uh, of their little, I guess they call the baby a little, their little grasping her daddy's finger while Perry held on to the newborn's wrist. Uh, They wrote, we are floating with love and wonder from the safe and healthy arrival of daughter, uh, of our daughter. Uh, While they did not reveal many details about Daisy Dove's arrival, the new parents pointed out that they were blessed with a peaceful birth, something not everybody gets a chance to experience. Uh, they said, but uh, we know we're the lucky ones, and not everyone can have a birthing experience as peaceful as ours was. So I guess she had an easy yeah. labor, which is great. She uh, she felt that she was um, uh, overdue. Was she, in fact, past the due date? That's a good question. I don't really know, yeah. Steve. Uh, communities, they wrote, communities around the world are still experiencing shortage of health, uh, shortage of healthcare workers, and uh, every 11 seconds a pregnant woman or newborn dies mostly from preventable causes since COVID-19. Many more newborns, lot, newborn lives are at risk because of the increased lack of access to water, soap, vaccines, and medicines that prevent diseases. As parents to a newborn, this breaks our hearts as we empathize with struggling parents now more than ever. So they're asking fans to, if they can, donate to, to UNICEF. UNICEF. I yep. used to collect for UNICEF all the time, and I would uh, proudly keep that money. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the little uh, orange box. <laughs> Occasionally I would, because I forgot to turn it. But it was it was no more than, you know, if I collected two bucks, three bucks. Because people would put pennies in the container. Uh, so they set up a donation page to celebrate uh, the baby's arrival. Uh, by supporting them, they wrote, you are supporting a safe start to life and reimagining a healthier world for every child. The new addition is the first child for her. And the second for him, they got engaged in February of 2019 after being linked romantically back in January of 2016. Uh, Bloom also has a nine-and-a-half-year-old son named Flynn uh, with his ex-wife, Miranda Kerr. Hey, so. did they ever find the dog that went missing? I mean, I know they're having a baby, and that's a big story. Remember. But you remember, they, remember the, it was a big deal. They, they lost their dog, and they had flyers up all over the place, and he was going on... TV to beg people to find this dog? Yeah, good question. Maybe the birth of the baby has eclipsed that. We'll see if we can get a follow-up on that. Uh, Speaking of following up, Jamie Lynn Spears is set to play a more significant role in her sister Britney Spears' conservatorship. We were just talking about this the other day. Uh, The 29-year-old former Nickelodeon star has been named the trustee of Britney's SJB uh, Revocable Trust. You know what this is, Preston? This is basically the pop music equivalent of Godfather. You're right. That she is Michael Corleone mm-hmm. to Britney's Fredo. Fredo, you're right. Uh, she's smart. Yeah, I'm smart. Uh, but she was uh, initially it was the the trust. Oops, I did it again, Michael. Was initially. <laughs> Fredo, I love you, but you gotta start playing with your poop. <laughs> I'm smart. Uh, he did it again. <laughs> he set Michael up again. Uh-huh. Oops. <laughs> oh, my God. Fredo, you got to stop telling people where I'm going. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mikey. 
so the trust was initially set to protect the pop star and her children's finances. Jamie Lynn has reportedly requested that the court authorize Fidelity, Fidelity Financial Management to serve as a financial advisor and create blocked accounts to hold her 38-year-old sister's assets. Brittany, you got to stop shaving your head. The Zoe 101 star will... When my children play with their toys! Uh, ...will ensure these assets and cash will be used for Brittany's two children, Sean and Jaden Federline, in, if uh, the singer was to pass away. She had uh, big issues with her father being her conservator, so I guess they were able to work out something that was an agreement that everyone was happy with. So the trust was reportedly created in 2004, four years prior to when her conservatorship started in 2008. Her trust pertains to her bank accounts and personal items such as clothes, jewelry, artwork, and furniture. According to reports, it's not clear if it includes the value of intellectual property such as music rights owned by her. Her father, Jamie Spears, and her co-conservator, Andrew Wallet, signed off on Jamie Lynn's request to be named a trustee. In July, Jamie Lynn slammed a fan who had questioned her sister's mental health. She had written on Instagram, You have no right to assume anything about my sister, and I have no right to speak about her health and personal matters. She is a strong, badass, unstoppable woman, and that's the only thing that is obvious. Does badassery hold up in court? Maybe it does. Right. Maybe maybe it's a bold legal mm-hmm. strategy. I intend to present conclusive evidence that she's a badass. Uh, last week, a judge ruled that Britney's conservatorship will be extended for at least another six months following the singer's request to remove her father. Her manager, Jody Montgomery, is currently her temporary conservator, mm. by the way. you mentioned uh, I mentioned maybe a week or two ago about how uh, people will go into the comments section in Britney's posts on Instagram <laughs> and suggest that she do something to indicate whether or not there's something wrong. Right. There's a post from three or four days ago. No, it's from yesterday. And this person just wrote, Brittany, if you're in danger, wear a Lord Farquaad mask in your next post. There you go. (laughs) They're keeping an eye out for it, man. I'm sure she has one. Yeah, right? We should send her one. Yeah. Uh, Steve mentioned this in the trash yesterday. Bella Thorne's fans are ready and willing to pay for access to her. Within 24 hours of debuting her page on OnlyFans, the actress set a record by earning more than $1 million. Within a week, she made $2 million. That's just astonishing. Now, if you don't know about it, OnlyFans is a paid subscription platform providing adult and not safe work content. Uh, she is hardly the only bullface named to participate. Rapper Cardi B has also contributed to the site. Uh, Thorne announced the launch of her own page on social media August 14th and is using OnlyFans to share personal content, never before seen images and videos for subscribers at $20 a month. Creators receive about 80% of the revenue and can also earn tips. So here's my question about yeah, uh, uh, OnlyFans. Only yeah, is if this ex, if you have access to this exclusive stuff, what's to keep you from doing a screen grab and you know posting it? Somewhere? I suppose nothing. Yeah. I, I haven't seen stuff like that pop up. Neither, but have I. I guess if you do post that, you'll be kicked off the OnlyFans thing. There's yeah, there's there's. Got, I mean, you I, can, I, I'm curious. Cause, you can pretty much grab anything. Yeah, because you know what we we had asked our our friend Sid Wilder, who's been on the show, yeah. and she's a big Instagram model and everything. She has She's, an only uh, she fans has an OnlyFans uh, site. She was telling us about it, and I had asked her directly. I'm like, "Are you naked on that?" And she wouldn't answer it. She's like, "I let I, I only reveal that to people who are OnlyFans." I'm like, "Okay, so you're not being naked, around, <laughs> right?" Whatever. Because I told her I went and I searched because I was curious. Yeah. But she keeps posting on social media. If you want to see more of me, do the OnlyFans thing. So I'm like, "All right, she's got to be getting naked." So I did searches. I couldn't find couldn't any find naked pictures of her. So I'm like, okay. So Either she's not doing the naked pictures or people are 
sticking to whatever the rules are. Right. Because there would be loads, I would think, of, of Bella Thorne. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I, know. I think part of the attraction here with Bella Thorne's thing, too, and the fact that she got a million dollars as quickly as she did is she's heavily into porn. I mean, she's she directed well, one she or directed two porn a movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're uh, we're looking at her pictures on Instagram right now. She doesn't hold much back on there. So she's must be going for it. There must be recipes and stuff, I'm sure, you know, Maybe life hacks. How to replace that leaky faucet. Some of the content yeah. that might be there, yeah. Scrimshaw. Uh, yeah, the movie that she made, uh, she actually earned the Vision Award from Pornhub uh, for her directorial debut of Her and Him. Uh, she reportedly plans to use and her... And it was presented a bit before he passed by, uh, by uh, uh, Bush. Oh, uh, Bush Sr.? Yeah, Bush Sr., wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, Thor reportedly plans to use her OnlyFans revenue to fund her production company. Huh. And will also make donations to charity. She also plans to use the experience as fodder for a film about the site. So she's, she's doing well, great there. There you go. Gigi Hadid is celebrating her pregnancy with a stunning photo shoot on Instagram. The 25-year-old supermodel showed off her blossoming bump in a series of uh, flowing see-through dresses. Oh. Uh, the model who is expecting her first child with Zion Malik is spending a quarantine on her family farm in Pennsylvania, which is... Is that out near Lancaster? I thought it was up by New Hope. Is it okay, up by maybe New it Hope? is by New Hope. So she's out in New Hope right now? I believe so. Oh, we should go there. So she wrote with a smiley face, Growing an Angel... How does she know that? Adding that she was cherishing this time and appreciated all the love and well wishes. She captioned one photo with the date July 26, 2020, which appeared to be the date of the photo shoot. Now, her mother, Yolanda. Yolanda? Has previously said the baby is due in September. Thank you. Shannon wasn't turned on. I'm sorry. That was my fault. (laughs) Now, her mother, Yolanda. Right now, Yolanda. Has previously said the baby is due in September. So there's a strong possibility that Gigi's getting up every day early to listen to us. I think the word is she's thinking naming the child Preston. I, I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, Hadid has been relatively mum on her pregnancy, so fans greeted this shoot with joy, giving it more than 4.6 oh. million likes in two hours. I was ecstatic. Let, let me ask you something. Wow. And I say this with all deference, and I think it's wonderful. I think the, the you know this the image of the of the... Uh, pregnant woman, the expecting woman, is, is is something to uh, to celebrate. Has this been done to uh, so much that it's passe at this point? I, I've never liked it. You guys know that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's so. not passe for them. You okay, know? It's right. right. No, that's it's a very personal thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. B- very personal so public thing. thing. Yeah, very personal thing on <laughs> OnlyFans. Yeah. For, yeah, my <laughs> OnlyFans maternity yeah. account. Right. Very personal public thing for an Instagram model. Yes, exactly. So. Anyhow, uh, I want to keep it to myself and my 4.6 million subscribers. Yes. She's happy. Right now, Yolanda. Thank you, Yolanda. Actually, she has 46.8 million followers. 46. It had it had 4 million likes in two hours. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. It takes me three quarters of a week to get 4 million likes. Doesn't it, yeah. though? It takes forever. NBC Universal has lawyered up to investigate former Vice Chairman Ron Meyer after the mogul was ousted. Uh, citing an uh, an affair as his reason for leaving. He reportedly had one year remaining on his five-year contract. NBC Universal hopes to determine if uh, company cash or resources were used during the affair or to aid in his cover-up. Now, this gets interesting. This is why I brought it up. All right. When he went public with the affair, he admitted to uh, paying, it says her, in a statement... And now the Hollywood Reporter says that he shelled out $2 million. Previously, the Hollywood Reporter revealed that Charlotte Kirk was the woman in question. 
The mag also report, reports that Kirk, this gal, had affairs with multiple executives and that at least yes. one other affair cost an executive his job. Last year, Warner Brothers chief uh, Kevin uh, Sujahara's affair led to his downfall. So is this is this kind of the modus operandi of this woman? I don't know. Okay, so, so I'd, I'd heard the rumors that it, that might be the case. The 27-year-old Kirk reportedly has Asperger's syndrome and may have been promised roles in exchange for sex. Mm. Uh, an insider said this is the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Actual one, acting roles or like dinner roles? Uh, acting yeah. roles, I'm guessing. Okay. Uh, one lawyer who is knowledgeable about the matters involving Kirk said that's the tip of the iceberg. The insider said that Steve Tisch, producer of Forrest Gump and the Equalizer and uh, chairman, co-owner, executive, uh, VP of the New York Giants, had an affair with Kirk in 2012. Wow. Unlike Meyer and uh, Sujahara, though, he was not married at the time, so not a big Doesn't deal. Matter, yeah. uh, Kirk is reportedly in a private arbitration battle with Sujahara, another mega producer, Brett Ratner, Jeez. who also accuses her of extortion in leaked text messages. So Brett Ratner is the subject of a lot of Me Too stuff. In which he was apparently attempting to settle matters between Kirk and Sujahara and billionaire James Packer. Oh, my <laughs> God. A lot of people. What a morass. A lot Crap. of money. And a lot of scandal going on here, so we'll see where this whole thing goes to. I bet you a number of those high-powered guys have penis cages. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not? It's a luxury item. It, it is, absolutely. Hey, we're going to have uh, William Sadler on later on this morning. He was in Bill and He's been in tons of movies, but the movie he's promoting, he was in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, <laughs> and he's going to be in Bill and Ted's Face the Music, the follow-up. So I have a story about Keanu Reeves who's talking about Bill and Ted. And he insisted that the slacker duo are not stoners. In an interview with AP Entertainment, Reeves said, I'd like to get one thing straight. Bill and Ted are not stoners. Let's get that clear. Instead, Reeves argued tongue-in-cheek. They have a nice outlook on life. They like people and their friendship. Uh, He continued revealing a little bit about the plot of the forthcoming sequel. Uh, He said, in the course of the film, they're given this Herculean task of saving the universe and time as we know it. And they go into their future selves to, well, I don't want to give you too too much away, he said. Uh, But for me, one of the most exciting aspects of this Bill and Ted story was getting a chance to play. Uh, Last week, it was revealed that Dave Grohl will have a cameo in the upcoming third installment. Uh, His cameo has been listed on his own IMDb page which states that he'll appear as himself. So what I'm gathering from the trailer is that their daughters are prominent in the movie as well. So the daughters are... Their actual daughters or the Bill and Ted's daughters? Bill and Ted's daughters are very Bill and Ted-esque themselves. Oh, okay. And and Keanu's got a point. You never saw them smoking weed or anything like that. They were just dudes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The new film has been in the works since 2013 and was officially greenlit back in May of 2018. But it is uh, it's happening. And we'll talk to uh, William Sadler uh, in the nine o'clock hour today. Uh, Let's see. I have a bunch of stuff. I'm not going to have time to get to it. Go ahead. Go for it. Let me pick and choose here. Uh, Brad Pitt took a private jet to the south of France with German model Nicole Paterowski and has he. Uh, he and his rumored flame wore face coverings and dressed casually. Meanwhile, Brad is still trying to settle his split from Angelina Jolie. I've got a jet. While the pair are legally single now. You want to ride on it? Uh, they still haven't agreed on custody or financial arrangements. Where do you want to go? 
Uh, they share six children together and parted ways in 2016 after 12 years together. So course. when you have your own jet, mm-hmm. uh, the Mile High Club is oh, is, 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 you're is required part of the deal. Yeah, yeah. It's like checking your luggage. Yep. Three weeks after revealing his diagnosis of coronavirus on his 60th birthday, the Mask of Zorro star Antonio Banderas says that he is cured. Uh, he wrote after 21 days of disciplinary confinement. I can say now that today I overcame the COVID-19 infection. I was able to cure myself he said, with a process known as figging. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think that was necessary. It is a cure of the peoples of Barcelona. Actually, I have a, I have a story that I, we may get to it later on about how... how uh, Wonderfully Chicken. amazing ginger is. Uh-huh. So Curative properties? No. Shoving it in your butt so, may cure corona. I don't know. <laughs> Before you dismiss figging. Antonio Banderas' figging treatment, uh-huh. I think you need to learn more about it. Uh, <laughs> First, you cut the ginger into acceptable wedges. Uh, he said, I am cured. Uh, my thoughts go to those who weren't as fortunate as me and to those who suffered more than I did, and I also wish strength to the ones who are in the middle of the fight. Uh, And then, let's see, how about this? Two more quick stories. Uh, Halle Berry has filed a petition to represent herself in the final steps of her ongoing divorce from Olivier Martinez. So that's... I'd like to be on your legal team. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, she wants to represent herself. They, what does they say? That the person who represents themselves has a fool for a, a client? client? Why yeah. do they do that? I don't Why know. Why would anyone ever do that? It doesn't make any sense. And it's not like she's, she can't hire a great lawyer. Yeah. Did she even ever play a lawyer in a uh, She played Catwoman. Uh, I think <laughs> that, right, uh, okay, that right. I think could be working her better. Very cunning. Yeah, all right, she can threaten to spray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will spray this courtroom right now. Uh, both- she's looking... Phenomenal these days. Yeah, yeah. This this is an older picture up on the screen here in the studio when she was with Olivier. But dear God, she looks great. Both 54-year-olds filed for divorce in October 2015 after two years of marriage. And they share Massio, uh, who is six years old. And then one more story. Uh, Idris Elba is set to create a boxing school uh, for seven disadvantaged young people. The experience will be documented on the BBC Two's Idris Elba Fight School. He said, I see history constantly repeating itself and can empathize with these kids. I believe there is a better way to teach people that you don't need knives to protect yourself. It's a proven fact that in urban areas where fight schools open, violent crime drops dramatically, which is why I wanted to do this project in hope that we can change people's lives. I want this project to be an ongoing presence that will continue to provide support and education for the community for years to come. Is he a boxer? He is, yeah. Okay. He's actually had a couple of uh, of matches. He does very well. He's also in that new uh, Suicide Squad movie that I talked about, the James Gunn movie. Yeah. Uh, and he, he Bloodsport. Looked... Who's Bloodsport? That's, that's who he's playing, Steve. Oh, is he? Oh, uh, yeah. Bloodsport. In Suicide Squad lore? Was, was that the Jean- Deadpool, Jean- the original... Uh, because Mar- Marvel, no, no, no. Oh, hang on. Marvel essentially ripped off DC for the Deadpool character. Mm-hmm. And was that Bloodsport? I'm not sure. Uh, I you get know lost. who would be sure, Craig. Lewis. Yeah, I know he would. I, I get lost in all the characters, but I'll um, tell you what. There is a plethora of characters in this new Suicide Suicide Squad movie that I am wholly unfamiliar with. Uh, hang on a second. Here. Michael Rooker's playing. <laughs> he looks like Anna Wintour in whatever character he's playing. Um, 
I'm, I'm looking. At, I, I think I'm off. I don't. I don't think the blood sport is the uh, is the Deadpool guy. All right. Anyway, you're thinking of frisbee. That's it. Yeah, that's frisbee. it. Frisbee. Yep. He worked for Lex Luthor at one point, so he uh, he fought Superman. And here's a pretty ingenious idea. He invented weapons that included bullets made out of kryptonite. There you go. Mm-hmm. What took him so freaking long? Freaking long. I knew that. <laughs> freaking made of kryptonite. All you got to do is say freaking, and all of a sudden Charlie comes to throw it. Freaking ever. Yeah. Uh, hang on a sec, Nick. I'm going to see if anybody on the text messages. No. Nope. All right. All right. Let's do the clips. How about that? Uh, Hoops is a raunchy animated series that follows a hot-headed basketball coach that tries to rebuild an unsuccessful team. And in this clip, star Jake Johnson discusses the origins of the show's development. Here we go. This started about seven years ago. Um, Ben Hoffman, Chris Miller, and Phil Lord came to me for a pilot presentation for MTV. And the pitch of it was, let's just be as loud and crazy as we can and have them pass on it, but have fun in the booth. Years later, Netflix came around and ordered 10. So it felt like, oh, wow, what fun. And so we just then at that point decided, let's throw as many funny people in the cast as we can. Uh-huh, you thought me like none, huh? Deathstroke was the character that, uh, oh, Deathstroke, that they ripped yes. off from uh, right. from DC. Because they look, they look very similar in their costuming. They have similar names, too. Yes. Uh, so uh, Hoops, by the way, is streaming now on Netflix. Sorry about that. All right, here's the next clip. <laughs> Contestants tackle a giant Plinko-esque board to try and win a multi-million dollar cash prize in The Wall. In this clip, host Chris Hardwick explains the super drop element in the game. Here we go. We decided, how can we get people as much money as possible, like right where the show really should be taking off? And we came up with this thing called the super drop where we drop all seven green balls at once. We try to give them as much money as possible. And also just because we're animals, we like watching seven balls fall down at one time. But then at the end of that round, then we do an evil super drop where we drop seven red balls to sort of balance it out. This is special. Uh, The Wall airs tonight at 8 on NBC. I thought that had to do with a uh, uh, rock star who had fallen on hard time. Um... There was a version of okay. that. Yes, exactly. I didn't realize it was like a Like having show. a mental breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that. I didn't realize Plinko was involved. All right, and there you go. That is what I have in uh, today's entertainment report. Man, do we have a lot going on today. We We're excited about today's show. The first interview we have is a little over an hour from now. James McAvoy will be on the show. Uh, and he's talking about a local charity. Uh, it's Give and Go Athletics. So we'll get the details from him. Uh, see what's going on in his world as well. Jim Gaffigan on the show, just to name a few, because we got comedians, we got actors, we got a bunch of stuff going on. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and we'll dive deep into it with you. Stay with us. Hey, gang, it's safe to say we've never seen anything quite like 2020. Challenging, uncertain, unprecedented. Go ahead, pick an adjective, any adjective. We'll wait. We've been through a lot, probably with more to come, but we've stuck together like Philly always does. It's pretty easy to feel helpless, but there are a few things we can do. Like social distancing, avoiding large crowds, and wearing a mask when you're out in public. It might seem like a pain, but it's nothing compared to what some people are dealing with. So let's do the things we can do while we have to, and we'll get this great city and great country back to normal. A message from your friends at 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Jim Gaffigan on the show later on this morning. 
James McAvoy will be joining us in about one hour. Very much looking forward to talking to him. So good. Uh, Chris Porter, the comedian, and William Sadler, the actor, as well, joining us throughout uh, today's show. So stick with us. We have a, a lot of people to talk to and stuff to talk about. Uh, there was an article. BuzzFeed has uh, has done this type of thing before, and I get a kick out of these, uh, where they take um, people who are not Americans commenting on things about our uh our society, our country, that, that kind of confuse them. In fact, we had a great conversation when we were in London uh, with this pair who have a YouTube channel. Yes. And they go through, um, you know, our, our differences and, and our, our commonalities between Europeans, I guess more Londoners and, and English people and and Americans and the question yeah. we had, we had, what are their main names? I can't remember. Oh, oh my I God. Super cute them. couple. I'll, I'll they were so great. We'll, yeah. We'll figure that out. And but they, that's their whole thing is that they, they sort of dissect these, yeah, they'll these try, anomalies or things that seem weird to them. They'll try cuisines yeah, yeah, and things yeah. like that. And we had such a great time with them. And so BuzzFeed has uh, this article called Things Americans Do in Movies and TV Shows hmm. That Truly Confuse Non-Americans. I love this. And so... Their questions, meaning, do Americans really blah, 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 this <laughs> yeah. type of thing. All right. And I will tell you now that the answer is yes, like 95% of these. <laughs> so uh, keep that in mind. But, All right. but there are things that, that they don't quite get or are quite a bit different than uh, the way they live lives. So thoughts would be kind of fun to go through. So we'll start with this one. It says, do Americans really grow up with a specific university in mind and call their dream school or is that just a movie trope because it's just so bizarre to me? Huh. Did, did you have a dream school when you were growing up? Um, it was, to, yeah, to not go to college. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, had, I was done after high school. I had no focus None. on what college I wanted to go to. Uh, My, I guess the answer is some do and some don't because there are there are people that I know that are, you know, oh, yeah. Penn State. Yes. All the yeah, way. Yeah, there, and yeah, yeah, yeah. we will accept no other school. Yeah. Yes. And, and for many, that's the case. And those people usually become lawyers or neurosurgeons or whatever. Me, no. I, I all I knew yeah. is I I wanted to be in some form of comedy, and that yeah. was the thing. But I, you know, I yes, I'm going to comedy university. Right. I, I wanted to actually when I was a kid because my cousin went there. I wanted to go to the University of Tampa Bay. There you go. And and I didn't go and, there. And, and you <laughs> did not. It's Joel and Leah, by the way. Joel yeah, and Leah. That's Leah. it. Yeah. So yes, pretty. those those are the couple out of uh, out of England that uh, that do this really cool. What's their YouTube channel? Just Joel and Leah. Yep. All right, so check them out. They're a lot of fun. They go through stuff like this. All right, here's one that says, do Americans complain about fluorescent lights in real life as much as they do in TV? I do. I do all the goddamn time. Fluorescent lights hum at a frequency that is very sleep-inducing to me. It just knocks me out. I I don't even hear them. I I don't hear them either. I had a teacher, I remember, that the fluorescent lights in our classroom, I was in probably like fifth grade or something. He used to complain about them all the time. Like, it drove him up a wall and like, did he say it would make him tired or no, sleepy? No, he, he just That's what they do to me. He, he would shut the lights out. Like, we would essentially, we would do class with the lights off. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, in like, so, uh, yeah. but but to me, like, I never understood that. It does not bother me, me in any way. Down the hall, uh, Kristen Herman and I share a studio, and there's a fluorescent light in there. She never turns it on. Like, she cannot she have it, it on. I she hate hates him. it. Huh. Okay. You remember Joe versus the volcano? The I was just watching it last yeah. weekend. And yeah, in the beginning, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he feels the life sucking <laughs> lights from uh, from him. All right, uh, here's another one that says, do Americans really just go to bars and drink like six shots of whiskey and call it a night? That's how Americans drink on TV, and it's weird as F. Well, how do they do it? <laughs> uh, they go and they, they spend the day sipping on a pint. I don't know. Uh, but I, I can't remember any real 
Well, there's a handful of movies I've seen where they just sit down and they drink hard. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That I remember. Yeah. Usually they're depressed, like or, or they're 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 in Tombstone. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, right. If they're in the movies or TV, if they're doing that, they are. They're like not in a good state of mind. Right. right. They're not. You going drink there. to forget. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's another one. Now, this one I find interesting. It says. Why do Amer or do Americans actually get fed lunches in schools? I thought this was just a movie thing. Uh, now I, I don't know funny. where this person is from. I have no idea where they're from and why that they that's are. A, that's asking an interesting that question. So, so can we do a little uh, exploration on that? Is is it common practice? Let's let, let's say in uh, in uh, England or France, do are you know are school lunches a standard thing? You know. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Because uh, that now it even extends past that, knowing with the coronavirus, and there are some students who rely on schools to provide breakfast as well. Nick, do me a favor. Go back to that, that page and click on that person's account and see if it's it, if it indicates where they're from, because that might let us know if they uh, All right, well, uh, live in a country that doesn't do school lunches. So while he's doing that, in British schools, children can usually choose between a hot or cold dinner provided by the school or a packed lunch uh, taken from home. So I think it's that they they bring lunch with them, whereas like our kids here, they can either bring lunch or they can yes, buy a lunch there. Right. But it says dinner. Yeah. It says some children so are entitled... stay around to like six. ...are entitled to a free school dinner, but most uh, children pay for theirs. So like ours would be, ours is lunch, but they're getting the dinner instead for some okay. reason. When yeah. I went to school, we had school brunches. <laughs> you remember that? You guys would have to go in on Sunday morning. No, no, no. no it was, it's, it's, it's weird. My next door neighbor, uh, Karina, is British, and she is uh, one of the things that that she doesn't quite understand is how early we eat dinner. Yeah, in the United <laughs> States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess as opposed to them eating after say seven o'clock or something like that, sometimes, dude, we'll have dinner at like four thirty. Do you oh, really? Yeah. So, so that's all right, because you, you and I have the same bedtime. That's why yeah. it's like you got to eat, digest, relax a little bit, and then yeah. it's time for what bed. T- what time yeah. are you going to bed? Nine. What time yeah. do you go to sleep? Uh, about nine thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I eat dinner at six. Okay. I uh, eat dinner after the conference call, so like six fifteen. Yeah. So right after the conference call, guys. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Chris when you sh- talk to me, I'm sitting there with a the turkey leg in my hand. Chris <laughs> is shaking her head. She probably eats at like ten o'clock. Eight. Probably yeah. nine. And she's but, European. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're also <laughs> napping at six o'clock. You know. No, I don't nap. Yo, no, but, do, well, you, you sound every hello. single conference call. You sound like you. <laughs> That's Marissa on the conference call. Uh, yes, 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 career. What? <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you that? No, what's killing me is all the restaurants now are closing at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Because of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I bought a t-shirt and it says rancid on it. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, so this person uh, that tweeted the uh, Americans getting fed lunches in schools from Australia, okay. uh, the uh, Twitter handle is gothxchewbacca. But a, a, lot of Euro- <laughs> a lot of Europeans will go home for lunch. Um, you oh, know, that's true. In, in businesses and okay. at school or whatever. So they'll have uh, a lunch break and they will ha- take lunch at home. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. You are well-versed in the ways of the uh, of the French. Yeah. Uh, the uh, They will take an extended, like almost like an hour and a half, two hour Yeah, it's almost like break. the, like the spa- uh, Spanish. It's Spanish. <laughs> the uh, Spanish. Yes, yeah, player. Yes, yeah, player. What do I need a yes, yeah, player for? <laughs> Um, and the French will have dinner late. You know, the French will have dinner at like eight or nine, but the Spanish men, they'll, they'll have dinner at like 10, you know, and, and wow. so it's, 
Part of it's charming, but Kathy, I'm with you these days. Like, I want to digest and go to bed. Yeah, and I, go to I bed. like an early dinner. Yeah, yeah I've got some friends uh, from Spain, and they're living over here right now, but they, like, forever c- could not understand how early we eat dinner. Like, they're ready to sit down. You're right, at, like, 9, 10 o'clock. Like, 9 is even early for them. Kathy, and then when you start to get into the, like, Boca Raton retirement towns, yeah, yeah. They're, eating, they're eating dinner at 2. Yeah, but wait, let me, here's a question for you. Like, what time might they have lunch? Do they have lunch later, or do, or do they snacking through the day so I mean, because I rem- if i'm eating lunch noon one o'clock and i don't eat till eight or nine in the evening i'm freaking starving also freaking starving <laughs> freaking starving man is yeah. because you've been up so early yeah so our schedules are uh, to wait that amount of time you'd be passing out but most people have lunch around noon one freaking noon right so it's still a long wait but and also like their meals. lunch i remember going to their house and um their dad would come home for lunch and like he would be home for 2 3 hours in the middle of the day and well, that's uh, cuz Kathy's here uh, <laughs> no but like you know what i'm saying so I, I don't know i guess maybe they're eating a little, a little bit later but um i remember his mom like serving what i thought was dinner at like it was like seven o'clock and she put all this stuff on the table we sat Mm. like sat around eight and then like nobody got up you still sat there and i mean we were there until like 11 o'clock and like dinner didn't come out till 10 i was like oh that wasn't dinner like it was like (laughs) and you just stayed at the table like it was pre-dinner two separate meals and and i mean and they like it was you know it was special because we were there but we were chatting we were talking there was a lot of translating going on because the parents didn't speak english so i mean it was very nice but, I mean, I thought what she put out, I guess, is like an appetizer an hour mm-hmm. earlier was dinner. It wasn't. You know what's also confusing is sometimes dinner in other countries is our lunch and our dinner is their supper. Do you think that's what this is? I what, think was, so. What they're talking about they're saying, when they're saying school dinner, they're talking about. So I think what, in England, what, specifically, I, England is right. supper. Okay. I have a caller who used to live in Europe. I'm not sure exactly where. This is Sin. Hey, Sin, how you doing? Gadzooks. Gadzooks. All right, Sin, where did you live? I lived in Finland. Okay. But I'm also a Spanish teacher, so I've uh, done the Spain thing and all of that as well. So they're they're actually kind of different. In Finland, um, they're a little bit more on uh, an American-type schedule as far as timings on eating. And we did have lunch at school, but we had, like, real food and actual silverware and plates and glasses. Really? <laughs> so, so like sandwiches and stuff like that, Pizza right? and... Yeah, uh, not at all. It was a full-on meal with, like, vegetables and a soup <laughs> and, like, meats and potatoes and the whole thing. How okay. long would this last? Well, it was... For, since we ate at school, it was, like, a normal lunchtime kind of thing. We had, I mean, it wasn't, like, the half hour we give Americans, but right. it, was, it was a little bit longer, but not tremendously. Because okay. Because we did go back to class, but we also had... A morning coffee break and then an afternoon coffee break. Could you imagine handing out silverware in the school, like like knives and forks yeah, yeah. and stuff like that? That could I be problematic. I teach high school right now, and I don't even want to think about it. So, all right. So that more, more similar. I, I'm curious, though, but I know, like, as uh, with the the French, um, the 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 meals shift later and and dinner routinely. So Nick in France would be like seven, eight. Oh, uh, in France was eight or nine. In yeah. Spain was ten. Often. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Everything shifted in Spain, um, and they also have more, like, afternoon coffee breaks. Like, Preston, you were talking about you couldn't wait that long to eat. Yeah. Well, for one, you wouldn't be having lunch until about 2 o'clock anyway. It would last at least an hour, if not longer. And then you'll have, like, a tea or coffee break with some pastries or something in the middle, like, 5 or 6, and then you'd have dinner much later. Why are we so much fatter here in America? <laughs> because we don't portions. eat good foods. 
Uh, yeah, that yeah. might be it. Yeah, portion, portion, yeah. All right, Sim, thank you. We appreciate it. No right. problem. Let, there's a lot here. There's All right, let's a, go. Come let's, on. Let's move on to some of them. These are um, things that non-Americans see in uh, American movies and television shows that confuse them. Uh, so here we go. Here's another one. Uh, do Americans eat s'mores as much as they do? <laughs> as movies in say the they do. In summertime, they yeah, do. Sure. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God, that's so funny. We did while camping last week. And, and ben, I'm sorry, real quick, Preston. Ben came up with an invention, and I'm I'm I don't I'm curious as to whether or not you guys want me to share it at some point. But it might is be it the COVID point. vaccine? No, oh my God, no way! That that's amazing. Why, why are you sitting on this? <laughs> it's it's second only to okay. a COVID vaccine. Right. But it's, it's is a, it it's a dessert? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And I'll it's tell you not that. s'mores. We'll save it for later. It's s'mores related. We'll save it for dessert. All right, let me tell you. I have to You're say good. this because the onus is on me to do this. If you have not been turned on, we've mentioned it. I mentioned it on the air before. There is a company called Tuckins. It is a, a self-contained s'mores on a stick. Okay, they're awesome. Oh. If and it's I like s'mores, Casey's, Casey's yeah. use of uh, peanut butter cups yes. instead of a Reese's oh my peanut god, butter cups amazing. Instead of uh, so good, uh, just regular. Now that we've cured COVID and reinvented <laughs> the s'mores, <laughs> yeah. let's move right. on. All right, how about this? Do Americans actually have school mascots, or is that just a movie thing? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do, I, and I guess yeah. maybe some European countries don't have mascots. Do, voca- do vocational schools have mascots? <laughs> vocational schools. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, if there's a tech school and they've got a, a, a team, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I love mascots. I think they're fun. Uh, here's another one. Do Americans really chug milk out of the carton or oh, is yeah. it just a TV show thing, Kathy? <laughs> is it the milk or out of the carton thing that made you sick? Both. Okay. <laughs> when I lived alone, I, I would drink milk out of the carton. When I'm, If I live with other people... Then I, I pour it in a glass. I do because I drink 2% milk and my family drinks whole milk. So, so you know it's all so you. It's, it's all you. I drink straight up half and half. Yep. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> especially when I've been working out. I go yeah. back up and take a big swig. It's right, smart. This Ice one goes cold. to the call we took. It said on the, on the screener, it said that uh, she had lived in Europe. And this, uh, this non-American said, why do Americans in TV shows say, I went to Europe this summer? Like, where in Europe? You know, what? Yeah, why yeah, not yeah. say which country you went to? <laughs> Uh, because you know why they're they're like the size of states. We can bop around and do yeah. several countries. And they're all the same. Or like yeah. maybe they went to a whole bunch of countries. So you know, yeah. there's not much of a difference between Finland and Spain. Here's <laughs> another one that says, "Do Americans actually love British accents as much as they do yes. in the movies?" Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I do. Yes, yeah. Yeah. and and I find it to be one of the sexier accents. Well, there's so many to choose from too. And Steve, you'll make fun of uh, British accents as the aristocratic one yes. and the Cockney one. And yes. like, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I had uh, my my Spanish professor in college, my freshman year. She was from Spain, but she spoke with an English accent, so it was like a Spanish English accent. Oh my if you know god! What? Oh my god! I loved her. Yeah, yeah there's a bunch of different yeah. ones. That... I like how you wear perfume. <laughs> <laughs> the Liverpudlian accent. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of different ones. Uh, here we go. This. All right. How about this? Do Americans really call their best friend's parents Mr. and Mrs. like they do in the movies? Like, girl sleeps over at her besties three nights a week, and she she still says, hey, Mrs. Williams, when her second mom walks in the house. Uh, it depends. I there were, there were family friends that we were allowed to call them by their first name, and we were that close with them, so we did, but you, it well, depends on would, how close you are that, with that's them, what, I, I Well, I would say more often than not, like, you're going you're gonna to go to Mr. and Mrs. unless told otherwise. I, unless I, it's, I never, you're told it's okay to when, say first when, names. When we grew up with the, the, our, our closest friends and family, and I mean, I'm talking kindergarten, I called them Jerry and Marlene. They weren't really? Mr. they weren't Mr. and Mrs. Chate. Yeah. So it, we were always it was always Mr. and Mrs. and and I think if I were to see those same people now, right. I would still refer to them as Mr. and Mrs. Now the thing that I do like is I'll get um our neighbors kids who are adorable. They call me Mr. Steve. That's cool. That's fun too. And, and Mrs. Claire. So, and, or Dickweed. 
Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I do like it when when a when a parent will say, "No, you can call me, you know, whatever their name. Right. You can call me Joe if you want to." And and, and I actually had a friend of uh, a few friends of my sons who have asked me. Is it okay if I call you Preston? I'm like, yeah, yeah it's totally cool. If they yeah. ask, yeah, I think yeah. it's a courtesy. But I'm confused. What do they call their best friend's parents? By their first name. By their first name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so- I mean, because they're, they're not indicating that they do. They said their second mom... Is the second mom walks into the house? No, they're they're indicating that they're so close. Why the long Bestie stays over there three nights a week, and essentially that's her second mom because she's like over there all the time. I know, but they're they're not indicating that they say Judy or yes, they call that, that's this, what they're this is what it indicates. No, it's okay. so specifically they call all women Judy. Okay, no, the, it means by their first name. It says uh, yeah. So um, I, I guess maybe in some European cultures you just call them, you. Just, Use the I first don't. Name. Yeah, I don't like the list. Like, I like Kathy or Miss Kathy. Okay. Uh, my question to Americans is: says, uh, Is are cheerleaders in high schools really like the ones in movies and TV shows? <laughs> are they really the prettiest, most popular girls that everyone looks up to? Are, are they mean girls? Because that has always been such a cliche. That is completely true. <laughs> <laughs> in my in my experience, yeah, it was it was the case. It depends uh, in, on the school. In high school. I think yeah. in our high school, the cheerleaders were not the most popular girls. Uh, the kickline girls were. The, they was like the the uh. rockettes that we had, and and they would come out and perform during, uh, you know, half times and things like that. And those were the prettiest, most popular schools. Were However, they, that was also 1993, so it may have changed. Were and, they part of the marching band? Uh, they were their own entity. So uh, yeah. there was a marching band, like the flag uh, yeah, squad. Yeah, yeah th- th- those girls existed as well. But the cheerleaders weren't as popular as kickline. All right, here's another one uh, from non-Americans who are confused about things they see in American movies and TV shows. Do Americans really have to do physical projects like make a paper volcano or glue a bunch of cardboard or make one of those foam solar systems? Yes. And you get graded on that, or is that just in the movies? Yes, you do. Yeah. Wait, so what is theirs just all written tests? No, they their things are preparing dinner. That's uh, they, that's their big thing. It's all based around food. I, I I would be curious to see if they have to do things like that. Like we had to do dioramas and we had to do volcanoes and we had to do all of that stuff. It was all part of the deal. You learned how to how to make plaster of Paris. You remember all that crap? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. part of the deal. Yep, yep. Yeah, did So do those so are they uh, is that bereft of uh any Sort of similar project, wherever this person's from. Yeah, I don't know where they're from, so I guess they, they it's an anomaly to them. All right, here's one for you. All right. And, and I think that we can agree with the non-Americans on this one. Why do Americans in TV and film just hang up the phone without saying Thank anything when they finish the call? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I agree. It's, it, very rarely will you see a character say goodbye. Very rarely. Huh. My, I haven't my, noticed that. Oh yeah, my cousin does that. That's that. I just know it's time, and she hangs up. Like there's no, there's no goodbye. I always say goodbye. I, so do I. Yeah. Of course, I do too. What kind of scumbag doesn't say goodbye? So, Steve, next next handful of movies or shows you're watching, right. and there's somebody on the phone, they just hang up. Well, well it's right because bastards. the person on the other end says goodbye. And so they, they they say goodbye and then hung it up and that's why that person that you're watching sometimes on the screen, that will, well yeah. no sometimes I'll, I will see a shot from one person say goodbye and then they sh- shoot to the other person and then they just hang up they don't say goodbye yeah because so, the other person already said it yeah I know <laughs> okay here's another one uh, do Americans really eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or is that just in the movies <laughs> hell, yeah. hell yeah we do yeah. I love peanut butter and it's jelly delicious mm-hmm. oh man I wanted to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich the other night. 
and I got the peanut butter out, and then I got the I had the reduced sugar one, and then I had a blueberry lime jam that your son made. I yeah. was so excited, and I didn't have any mother effing bread. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I was so bummed. Did you use a spoon? No. I just... I just put it all back in the fridge, and oh. I, I ate chips and salsa like a loser. What the hell's going on in your life, dude? I was well, Listen, man, I was so disappointed. Yeah, of I, course. I, I had been thinking. I went for a bike ride, all right? So, Steve, I went for a bike ride, and I was like, oh, I'm going to stop at Acme, and I'm going to get an Uncrustable, and I can eat that while I'm riding my bike. Right. And then I was like, no, you had this awesome jam at home. You're going to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich when you get home. So you're jazzed. You're riding home. You're salivating. You're drooling out the mouth. You get home, and everything comes crashing. No effing bread. Like the Hindenburg. I see a film script here. Absolutely. I've already submitted. The touchstone pictures. There it is. (laughs) He dreamt of Uncrustables. But when he got home, he couldn't find a knife. Was that it? No, it was bread. Bread. Had a knife. Unbreadable. No, there is no, there's no, oh, there's no happy no moment. Resolution. Oh yeah. no, it's just, it ended it's poorly. That's like the end of like the mist. It's just right. depressing. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. it's just you sitting in the car blowing your brains out. <laughs> All right, here's another, here's another observation or question from a uh, non-American about uh, things that happen in American movies and TV shows. Do Americans actually eat bacon with their fingers, or is that just on films and the telly? Well, how do they eat bacon over there? That's a good question. This With person's a knife and fork. They're from Wales. Uh, this is Barry from. So Wales. they're whale people. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, how else? What uh, else? Th- you don't eat bacon with a knife and fork. No, I, no. you guys are going to get mad at me, but I it drives me up a wall when people pick up bacon with their fingers. I, you can get it on a fork. No, you can't. Stop if it's using your fingers. fingers. It's disgusting. It's thin and crispy. It, it, it falls apart sometimes when you use a fork. Do you eat nachos with a fork? You're gross. Kathy, do you oh eat bacon? God. What's gross? Casey, no, I do not. Then shut your hole. <laughs> Hang on. What's gross about it? I, it just, so, uh, okay, so what I'm talking about is, is Jace. Like, I'm like, you can use your fork, honey. He's like, you're supposed to eat bacon with your fingers. I'm like, no, you're not supposed to eat anything with your fingers. What, you mean like a hot dog? Can't, no, listen, can't pick up a hot dog? I, I get it, but like it, it does. Pizza? It grosses me out. If I smell food on my hands, like I love pizza, but afterwards, if I, like, if I, I immediately. That's your hands. You know what? So what does that mean? Yeah, you no kidding is what I'm you, talking you're about. You're chiding Jake's here. Oh, 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 oh. Let, him, let, them, let the kid eat finger food. I, I, I can't. She okay. idiot. Just use a fork. She, <laughs> you she, she idiot. idiot. <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. You're supposed to wash your hands before you eat anyway, so what's the big deal? She doesn't like it afterwards. After. Okay. <laughs> Chase has a point. What if she's it's actually <laughs> vomiting? Okay. Bacon. It's, Listen, just it's, it's you. It's yeah, a thing yeah, you yeah, have, and that's cool. Oh, I get it. I get it. I, I said I mean, you're going to be mad at me. Th- th- you're smelling something you just <laughs> ate that was that was good enough for you to take into your yeah, body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's gross and, on my fingers. I, <laughs> I love you, Kathy. I bet you that port's over to sex too. All right. <laughs> Ew, get it, it off was my fingers. Just in your body. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. How about this? Uh, do Americans actually do those projects and assignments like we see on TV shows and films, like the fake babies or getting married to each other and all that stuff? I Did you guys ever have school. that? Yeah, yeah. Where you I had to pretend you had, we didn't have it. Yeah, we had it, but I didn't. I, I that was in like home ec or something, I yeah. guess, and or I don't know. I, I just saw a girl, but she was like she was past 
high school age and like may have been past college age. So I don't know exactly what it was, but she was carrying around a teddy bear wrapped in a blanket like it was a baby. I saw her sitting in the car. She sat in the car uh, for a little while with the man that she was with. Then they got out of the car. They went into the same store I was in. We were waiting to pick something up and she was holding this teddy bear so and I, but i immediately thought it, of that i'm like i hope it's that right is it like servant you watch the series right mm-hmm. i did no but I, listen no it wasn't like a real look didn't look real life it was a teddy bear okay I, well, but a lot of times in those projects you yeah. see the real life looking right or, it's a baby or, 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 or a bag of flour they were doing for a while or the yeah. egg yeah I'm, I'm gonna go to aaron on the phones because she has a husband who is from spain and uh has an interesting observation hey aaron good morning good morning bitches how are you <laughs> great bitch what's up <laughs> Um, so, yeah, my husband's from Spain, and the first time I ever went over there to, like, meet the family and family friends, we go over to a family friend's house, and we sit down at the table for dinner, and the friend goes, so, Aaron, why do Americans always eat potato salad at funerals? I was like, what are you talking about? Goes, In the movies, you always have potato salad. <laughs> at funerals? Saying? I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, no, I do. Everybody at the table was like, yeah, yeah. So so after a funeral service, generally there's a a, a luncheon. Something that is prepared by other, yes. People bring over like a potluck thing. Right, and it's a standard deal. And And potato salad's a pretty easy thing to bring. I've had potato salad at post-funeral meals. Yeah, yeah. So, but I've never really noticed it in movies, but I guess... Sometimes they will actually up. fill the coffin with potato salad. Wow. Yeah. I love potato It's just salad. awesome. Yeah, Thank potatoes, you, Aaron. Potato salad is definitely overrated. No doubt. I love potato salad. Overrated. I love... I prefer macaroni salad by a, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, wow. But yeah. Macaroni salad, then potato salad, then coleslaw. Then uh, toss salad. No, no, no. There's like a fourth one in that. In Not that. for me. No, you go potato first? Pot- potato, then coleslaw, then macaroni salad. That's me. We're Listen, we all have our own taste. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we work with a woman who doesn't want to touch bacon. Yeah, so, true, the, so. the life is life is weird. Yeah. <laughs> all right, here's one uh, that says, do Americans really go to summer camp or is it just in the films? <laughs> yeah, we go to summer yeah, camp. Yeah. Not everybody does. No, I, but... I never did. I never wanted to because it cut into my TV watching. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so yes, here's another one that says, do Americans actually eat pancakes for breakfast every day? Or is that just me watching too <laughs> no. many TV shows? Now we do on the weekends. We do pancakes on the weekend. There are some people who are usually taken out of their house after they expire in a flatbed truck who eat pancakes every morning. But no, I, I do. You, do you have, we don't obviously because of the time we get up, but do you know people who actually have a full breakfast every morning? No. I, as, as, I haven't has the classic full know. breakfast gone the way of the yeah. the dodo? Maybe, I've, maybe I've, we never had that toast, orange juice, cereal. No, no, that was like special occasions, like you I know, would Easter, into a Thanksgiving, yes, Christmas, right. or the weekend. Yeah, or or a weekend. Uh, you know, maybe uh, before or after mass, you'd go to a diner and, and grab breakfast. But no, it was our, cereal. Our parents, or our parents made us in the not like a, a cooked breakfast. Hey, but, no, like. We would have to get up early in order to have breakfast before going to school. And then life started to change in high school when you wanted to sleep in as late as humanly possible before getting to school. But Mom, like, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Get up. All right, here's one. It says, do Americans really just dump money on the table and walk out instead of paying uh, for their meals? Or is this another one of those American TV makes no sense things? No, because uh, we leave tips. Yeah. Uh, so you can leave money and walk out and uh, you don't have to worry about getting your change. Tipping uh, can occasionally be perceived as an insult. It can. In some European I actually countries. I had it happen to me yeah. uh, a couple of times where they're like, what's this for? Uh, so You think yeah, you're better than me? The difference. Pasta salad was the other one I was thinking of. Pasta salad. Pasta salad. That's yes. like 
That's a macaroni salad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still love it, though. Uh, do Americans really refer to their dogs as pooch, or is this a TV thing? No, we call them, that, yeah. Pooch. They're pooch. Yeah, or lover. Um, how about this? Do Americans really say knock yourself out? Yes. Yes, we All do. the time. We don't mean it, though. <laughs> knock yourself out. What does that, uh, well, where does that come from? What's the origin of yeah. that? Yeah. Good question. Don't know. You probably have that. You have a little. The I have bathroom. a book. Yeah. Yeah, that's got all that stuff. I'll have to, I'll have to dive into that later on. Uh, it's, this says, wait, do Americans really care about the week that their birthday is in? Um, some people do. Some interest. Yeah, you know, you, you've, um, it used to be um, a big thing when someone would have a birthday, you would get them a, um, they would sell them a collection of newspaper headlines from that the day and or week you were born in, mm-hmm. historically. Oh, wait, I, I misunderstood what they were saying then. Are Is you talking right? about the actual week of your actual birth or you know, do people celebrate a birth week? Like Marissa was celebrating her birth week last week. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. I don't really know. Okay. Says, why do Americans really care about the week their birthday is in? Or I why think do... people just like to invent a reason to party, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, how about this? Uh, and I don't understand this. Why do Americans on the TV always have blenders inside their sinks? <laughs> blenders? Uh, maybe it's being in the sink to get washed or garbage disposal. I don't really know. Stupid European. Damn foreigner. Uh, Do Americans really actually get excited about fireplaces or is that just TV? No, they're cool. I like fireplaces. Yeah, Yeah, and fire Uh, pits are even more cool. I like this one. Why do Americans on TV always eat meatloaf? What is even in it? (laughs) Meatloaf is good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love meatloaf. Absolutely. You know what I love, Preston? I love when it's a little overcooked around the edges. Yeah? You like that kind of crispiness? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you prefer like a tomato uh, sauce-based meatloaf Uh, or a a gravy uh, sauce-based? Okay. I think I prefer the tomato, but I like them both. You know what I like them both, too? Mm. They spoke out of turn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bi-saucil. Do Americans really have detention in school, or is it just in the TVs, uh, shows, and movies? Oh yeah. Yeah. Is there not a detention? I I assume there's some equivalent. If 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 a kid acts up in school, there's something they can do. Perhaps deny them their two hour midday dinner. Kathy, did you ever have detention in school? Like in our school? No. Did you You. personally ever get detention? Mm, I think I like I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I had detention, and it was probably because I was late. Okay. I never did. Tardy. You never yeah. got detention? You never, were a stoner. I, never, I know. <laughs> I, I, but I never got to that level of trouble. Huh. Uh, that, like, I, you know why? Because my dad was going to kill me. So yeah. that's why I didn't do it. Twice for me. Yeah? And they were both fights. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do Americans really dream about having their own reality show? Or is that just in the TV and movies? Well, no, right. These yeah, days. Some people. Yeah, some people do. Mm-hmm. And then one last one. All right. Then we, we got to move on. Uh, this one says, why do American TV shows have really tall glasses but only fill them halfway? I've never noticed that. It's funny what they fix on, fixate on, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meatloaf and tall glasses. There was another one that asked, why do we have um, uh, bottled water in the refrigerator? Because uh, most European countries don't bother to No, and I love that. That was When I was in Europe, that was a wonderful thing. The water is served at room temperature, which yeah. is right in my... Wheelhouse. You know, and I actually saw this last night. Uh, why and what kind of champagne is this? And I always see it in TVs and movies, uh, TV shows and movies. It's the champagne bottle that's got, like, the flowers on it, and that's it. There's there's no words. Pierre Jouet. There's yeah. no words yeah. on it. What is that called? That's Pierre exactly Jouet. 
It's what just it's a it's a type of champagne. Oh, yeah, it's never a, seen that in real life. It's an actual champagne from Champagne, France, and oh. uh, it's delightful. And uh, I can't read it. There's no there's no words on <laughs> it. There's just flowers on it. Don't like it. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> it. <laughs> it's called what again, Nick? Pierre Jouet. Pierre Jouet. Yeah. I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. <laughs> I usually get a bottle of it for my birthday. I didn't get one this year. Oh, who gets oh. it for you usually? Usually my cousin. Oh, oh you know what? There's check your email because there's an Amazon gift card. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is Pierre Jouet a name, I yeah, assume? it's a name oh. brand. It's just like Veuve Clicquot or, or uh, Moet Chandon and that kind of thing. It's a French champagne. Yep. Yeah, that's not the sh- That's not the bottle that I'm... Is that uh, correct? It, it, that does have flowers on it, but that's not... Um, Maybe they take the name off because of product placement. They don't want it on their case. I don't know. Yeah, but even, I can't even, read it. There's no, there's no words on <laughs> it. There's no words on it. Uh, no, even the, the flower designs are different than what I'm used to seeing. I can't drink it. There's no words on it. <laughs> I can't read it. There's no. There's no words on it. Uh, all right, one last thing. It says, why do Americans in TV shows like trucks so much? Because they're awesome. Uh, I guess we have more trucks here than you'll find uh, in most European countries. I like big they, trucks. Yeah. Well, they I want to sm- go to Digger World. They have smaller vehicles. Yes, that too. Small, and, and small, small streets, roads, yeah. small people, yeah. small meals, all small right. hats. Thought it was interesting. Uh, this is from BuzzFeed. Things Americans do in movies and TV shows that truly confuse non-Americans. BuzzFeed has tons of lists and things like this that are fun to go through. All right, anyhow, we need to take a break. We got a lot going on today. I want to give away some tickets to see Jim Gaffigan live in drive-in this Saturday at Citizens Bank Park for you and three people. This one car load that you get. Caller number 20, it's yours. 215-263-WMMR. Tickets are on sale now via phillies.com com slash drive-in. You can go to WMMR.com for more drive-ins, guidelines, and Marissa's five tips to attending these shows. We're going to talk to Jim Gaffigan later this morning around 10 a.m. Yep. And when we return, the Bizarre File after that, James McAvoy on the show. We'll be right back. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. All right, let's uh, let's get right into this. We have the bizarre file to get to. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre. bizarre file. Brought to you by Robbins Diamonds and Tax Free Delaware with thousands of rings and self serve cases and absolutely no sales tax versus the eight percent in Philly. Robbins Delaware Diamonds. Well, a Texas groom was shot in the chest at his own wedding party, and even his new bride is refusing to help investigators. Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't snitch. Officers believe the groom, who has not been identified, was blasted after a fight (laughs) with one of his guests at the celebration in suburban Houston on Thursday night. Someone didn't get their chicken franchise. uh, Both the shooter and the injured groom fled the scene, but the newly married man was found bleeding at a house across the street. He was airlifted to a local hospital in critical condition. Uh, he was later upgraded to stable condition as expected to survive. So no description as to what caused this? Witnesses on the scene have been uncooperative. <laughs> uh, police at the house uh, have been detained until we can get their witness. Their people have been detained until we can get their witness statements, said the uh, uh, police. Uh, the bride has been seen ru- had been seen running in the street screaming, where is he? I need to find him after the shooting. But she's not saying anything. Well, you know what? You always want to remember your wedding. You want to stand <laughs> out from the other weddings. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes a shooting is what you need. Yeah, right in the chest. Yeah. A driver faces assault charges after police say he slammed on his brakes and caused a motorcycle to crash on a bridge. 
Uh, the motorcyclist eventually ended up in the Missouri River, though how he ended up in the water remains unclear. No one's talking. Timothy Walker was charged with assault and armed criminal action. The motorcyclist, Timothy Perkins, is presumed dead. His body has not been found. Perkins was married to a woman who is dating Walker. So Perkins was the guy on the motorcycle. Right. He was married to a woman who is dating the guy in the truck. So was he pursuing this person? Yes. Okay. Shortly after midnight Sunday, police say Walker driving a truck was being chased by Perkins on the motorcycle. Atop the bridge, police say Walker slammed on his brakes, causing Perkins' motorcycle to slam into the back of his truck. Truck beats motorcycle. Yeah, police say evidence from the scene shows Walker then put his truck in reverse and ran over Perkins <laughs> and then continued east from the bridge. Walker so they worked t- it out. Walker told uh, police that Perkins had waved a gun at him during the chase, and that's why he slammed on his brakes. He denied uh, putting his truck in reverse, though. Walker admitted to leaving the scene of the crash and told police he later threw his cell phone out the window. Love is a fickle thing, isn't it? Yes. Police say they found a gun and two different magazines in Perkins' motorcycle. Hmm. Uh, fishermen heard someone yell uh, for the help and then saw a body go underwater, so that's pretty Jesus. messed up. Yeah. All right, this is weird. A set of deer antlers was mysteriously (laughs) left at the scene of a burglary in which nothing was taken on Tuesday night. Antlers! Police are still trying to piece together the mysterious burglary. My name's Cole Brady. I'm going to investigate this crime. uh, In which a a shed was broken into, but nothing was stolen, and an angle grinder (laughs) and the deer's skull with antlers was left behind. Antlers! A wetsuit was removed from the shed, but that was left at the scene. (gasps) What, how many more random items can uh, we have This is crazy. <laughs> Police are hoping that the impressive deer antlers will be recognizable to someone and will assist in their inquiries so they can track where it came from. Uh, while coronavirus uh, lockdowns caused many men across the world to grow their hair longer than usual, none compare with Vietnam's, uh, I don't know, I forgot how you pronounce N-G-U-Y-E-N as a name. Oh, God, yeah. Um, it's not Nguyen, but anyhow. Is it, is it, it's Win, Win or it can be Win. Win or yeah. Nguyen. Yeah. Win Van Chin, who has uh, gone almost 80 years without getting his hair cut. 80 years? The 92-year-old is a proud owner of a 5-meter-long dreadlocks. 15 uh, feet? Meter. Yeah. Uh, owing to his belief in a faith that prescribes leaving untouched what a person is born with. He said, I believe if I cut my hair, I will die. He's right. I dare not to change anything, not even combing it. Uh, I only nurture it, uh, covering it, in a, stroke it, in, a, it. in a scarf to keep it dry and clean and looking nice, Naughty. he says. Yeah. So how does he clean 15 feet of hair? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, we're looking at it. There's no way this is clean. It it probably stinks to high heaven. It's a knotted mess. I used to know a guy who was a sound guy when Rock Lobster was around, and he would run the sound for the bands there. And I remember one time he had dreads, and I was like, like, dude, your dreads are awesome. And he goes, oh, thanks. And he reaches into, he had these big baggy pants. He reaches into his pockets. What I didn't realize is like half his hair was in his pockets. Was in his pockets? He pulls it out, and it hits the ground. And I'm like, Jesus. How is that even possible? So yeah. a, f- a friend of mine used to have they they make like a special. It's almost like a like a deodorant for your hair, like a like a treatment that you spray oh, okay. if you have dreads. That's supposed oh. to be like a cleaning agent. Yeah, because yeah. they're 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 collecting dirt and stuff. Yeah, my friend Eric had them, and uh, I, you know if, if we were ever like partying or you know you know had to sleep at somebody's place, sleep it off. 
He had his pillow with him. I mean, the, he would just sleep on his dreads. Wow. It, it was nice and soft. Balls. Yeah. Uh, Chien said, I only nurture it, cover it. We already covered that part. He said, uh, he worships nine powers and seven gods and believes that it was his calling to grow his hair, which he bundles up under an orange turban. Uh, he was required to trim it when at school, but left after third grade and decided never to cut comb or wash it again. Wow. And it's 15 feet long. It's just too much work. They have to be the longest in the world, I would imagine. So. And I'm the complete opposite. Yeah. All right. And you know, we're at, wrap it up there because uh, we have a guest coming up in oh, just yeah. a few minutes. And we're excited to talk to James McAvoy. Uh, but he's not the only guest on today. Jim uh, Gaffigan is on. Uh, actor William Sadler, who's fantastic, will be joining us. And uh, comedian Chris Porter. So we have a bunch to get to. Oh, and there's another thing taking place. It's in our parking lot in Bala Kinwood. Going on right now until noon. If you stop by, you can get a free flyers anytime, anywhere, lawn john yard sign to help uh, get set and uh, or not set for, but to help uh, you know promote the playoffs and your and your and your flyers pride. I didn't know this. Yeah, so this is going on right now here at One Bala Plaza. Stop by; they are free while they last. It's courtesy of our sister station, uh, 97.5 The Fanatic. And they are set up in our West Lobby parking lot area, and they're handing them out. You can catch Flyers game uh, at three today. Uh, on no, no, uh, no. oh, I'm sorry, at uh, seven tonight at on the Fanatic. So uh, yeah, if you want one of these anytime, anywhere, it says Lawn John. <laughs> it's a yard sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's a Flyers yard sign. Come by and get it, man. Why not? Uh, it's yet just a free another free thing you can snag. Yeah. Uh, from our company. So that's going on till only noon. So you got some time. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. And when we return, yes, James McFoy on our show. Stay with us. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Nobody likes a delay of game. And while there's been some uncertainty about this football season, Acme is happy to announce it's game on. So no matter what your game day's like, They've got everything you need to cheer the Eagles on. From snacks and party trays to beverages and fan gear, make it a season to remember. Acme, official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or just saying I love you, Steven Singer is there for you. IHateStevenSinger.com Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I would say that outside of our studio, the place where we have met the most famous people has been at M. Night Shyamalan's <laughs> Halloween party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always a star-studded event, and uh, we met this gentleman there a few years ago, although I was hammered out of my gourd, which is what you do at that party. Seriously. Because night is pushing the shots on you while you're there. It's they just actually part encourage of it. Yes, and... and God bless him. But uh, we're excited to have him on this morning. He's calling in from London and uh, is here to talk about a, um, a charity organization that is right here in Philadelphia. It's a very, very cool thing. It's called Give and Go Athletics, and we're going to ask him more about it. Please welcome James McAvoy. Hey! The program. Hey, James, how you doing, man? I'm doing real good, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, Hey, no problem, man. And you, you really have embraced uh, Philadelphia, have you not? Yeah, you know, I, I've... I've got such a lot of good friends there. I've had great work there, and I I've got a home there. Uh, I regard it as a second home. My partner is from 
uh, Delco, and um, and you know we try to get back as much as we can. So no, it's very much a second home for me. You just said Delco. <laughs> you said Delco, and you made our producer. I'm the was, unofficial mayor of Delco. He was just throwing his fist up in the air. It, it, it was his greatest realization that James McAvoy's a Delco guy. I mean, two days in a row, I was wearing Delco T-shirts. So you know, I've got I've actually got a really cool little Delco baseball cap which I wear, and people are like, "What's Delco?" I'm like, oh, it's a little place in uh, Pennsylvania, just at Pennsylvania. And they're like, uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You keep it enigmatic. We like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh- but listen, we'll talk a little bit about your, uh, you know, some professional things. But let's talk about uh, Give and Go Athletics. We just, I was just watching uh, you on with uh, with Jimmy Fallon not that long ago, uh, talking about this. So this is this is something you really like to spread the word on. Yeah, we uh, we were looking for ways to sort of support the community during such a tough time um, during the lockdown, and um, we're looking to do that. In- you know, different places, but definitely in places that we regard as our home, places that are surrounded by people that we love, care about, our families and friends, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we heard about Give and Go Athletics through a very good friend of ours called Ricky Stubb, who's a director who actually also runs an amazing organisation called Neighbourhood Film that works with homeless people and trains them up in the film business. But um, he told us about Give and Go Athletics. Basically, it was run by these guys, uh, Andre and Caleb, two incredible um, men. Um, that grew up in the same part of North Philly, but on opposite sides of the gang line, so they didn't really meet, um, even though they lived literally streets apart from each other. They both go off to college, become collegiate athletes, um, and they study behavioural health uh, therapy. Um, when they come back to Philly, they meet for the first time and find that they've, you know, they live streets apart, they were on different sides of the gang line, but the, uh, they both studied in the same kind of behavioural therapy and things. When they come back to Philly, they... It's around about the same time that Pennsylvania sort of stopped, or North Philly stopped all um, extracurricular sporting activities in high schools and lower schools, and um, and of course that's a that's a massive problem, it's a massive issue, and it mm-hmm. leaves uh, a huge gap that needs to be filled by parents or aunties and uncles or after-school organisations, and they're just not there. So um, in step, Caleb and Andre, these two incredible people, and they provided all these after-school sporting activities and events, but at the same time, they deliver trauma-based therapy, which is massively in need for a lot of the children, not all, but a lot of the children that take part in these events and that go to schools in that particular area of North Philly that that was getting no help uh, or no funding for those vital activities that, you know, expand minds, keep you out of the house, maybe keep you out of a dangerous situation at home, all those kind of things. And these guys deliver not just um, sporting uh, therapy and food for the body, but also food for the soul and and trauma-based therapy as well. They're an incredible bunch of people. And if can I can I plug their website? Please, yes, absolutely. They're an incredible bunch, uh, bunch of people. It's not just Caleb and Andrea. It has grown a little bit, um, but it, it does cost money, and we're funding it. We're helping to fund it. Not funding it, so we are helping to fund it, but anything you can give is fantastic. If you can become a monthly donor, it's even better. But you want to go to givinggoathletics.org, and the first thing you'll see is a thing that says get involved, uh, and you just hit that, and it shows you how to give a one-off donation or become a monthly donor and all that. And if you can give, fantastic. We realize it's tough times at the moment, so if you can't give, just go and take a look at the thing because they're special, special people, you know. Well, there's there's uh, good news to be had because, uh, you know, we found that as we've done a few things and a few charity drives, we had a blood drive just last Friday, 
the the generosity, as you know, of this area, and as you're you're a, an adopted yeah. son of this area, is astonishing. So people will rise to the challenge. When you talk about the critical nature of these kind of programs, these grassroots programs, these these things are the things that get done. There are so many people who tell you, whether they be politicians or whatever, that they're looking out for you and they want to, you know, blah, blah. And, they, and it, it never seems to trickle down. This, this is what motivated Knight Shyamalan to start his foundation. Put it in the hands of the people who can really activate and get things done. And I think now because of isolation and... And and kids not being able to um, socialize and do those, as you said, very important mm-hmm. essential things. This is something that is is desperately needed. So it, it couldn't come at a better time. Nah, you're you're so right. You're so right. And also, you know, those, you know, and not not every teacher is that special teacher. But when you get those special leaders and those special mentors and those special people that resonate with you, they can change your entire life. You know what I mean? And look, Caleb and Andre aren't going to be that person for every kid, but they're going to be that person to a lot of those kids, you know? Yeah, and, and that, that's that's all part of the deal. I mean, you know, you Preston talks yeah. about, he, uh, you know, from, from a, a music program in school, a lot of times music yeah. programs are yeah. cut, and, and how essential that is. These, these things, they allow you to start to build those foundational things that turn you into, you know, hopefully happy, well-socialized adults. Yeah. And when you extract that... It has an impact. Yeah, I came from, I came from, I don't know what you guys call it. We call it a council estate. I think you guys call it a project back in Scotland. And it wasn't a particularly great area. I was, I think I was a good kid, but I didn't really have amazing prospects. But I had two incredible music teachers who went out of their way to provide, out of the kindness of their own heart and their own pockets at times, extracurricular uh, music activity for me and anybody that wanted to come and it changed my life mm. and not just like, I don't play music now I haven't picked up a bass guitar since I was about 18 years old but they opened my eyes they made me realize that it was okay to be myself to not have to conform to some tough uh, sort of council estate born attitude and 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 do all the things that go along with that. Do you know what I mean? They taught me that I could be myself, that I could express myself, and that it was okay to be sensitive and artistic. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be an actor. But if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be as well adjusted as human being. Yeah. And I feel that Caleb and Andre are filling that gap that is that is, that is massive and uh, needs to be filled in North Philly. So, so in addition to donating, there is it says a quick ball clinic this Saturday from nine thirty a.m. to twelve thirty. And uh, it's at a baseball field at 26th and Master. Are you familiar with that and what's going on there? Uh, no, they've not told me about that. Okay. I'm, not, uh, I'm not up to date with the day-to-day going on of right. uh, Give and Go at the moment. Um, hey, I have a question. You, know, you mentioned, James, uh, you know, music being a part of your, uh, your teenage, your formative years. Uh, did, that, did you segue? Did you drop the music and move to acting in, in like one, one move, or did it come a little bit later on? It was pretty much in one move. I was about 16 years old. Mm. I, I had no drama training or acting training, but um, I I somehow managed to get an audition for a movie because a, a director came into our school, gave us a chat on what it was like to be in Macbeth. We were reading Macbeth in English at the time. And um, and he was an actor, so he played Lady Macbeth in an all-male production uh, <laughs> back in the 70s, I think. That's how and, they used um, to do it, yeah. 
Yeah, and I basically just yeah, and I said to him, uh, "Listen, that was great. Thank you very much. If you're making another movie, can I come and be your tea boy for like a week? Make, you know, do run coffee and stuff like that." Yeah. And anyway, he called back like five or six months later, and uh, and he actually offered me an audition. I got the part, and then from there, I didn't really do much acting after that. But when I was eighteen and I was leaving high school, I auditioned for drama school for acting school and um, luckily got in. I don't think I picked up a musical instrument for three years after that because um, acting school was just a little bit uh, like you go in at eight in the morning and you come out at 10 o'clock at night and you, it's probably the most professional environment I've ever experienced in the industry. Um, But uh, yeah, so that was sort of the end of of my musical education uh, at 18. Did uh, did any of your friends, any of your, your tough neighborhood friends, uh, bust your balls a little bit about uh, wanting to delve into to acting? And if so, did they ever come back and say, "I'm sorry about that"? <laughs> no. Do you know what? Do you know what? Wanting to be an actor—that's the weird thing, though. You can sometimes live. Maybe you come from a neighborhood that you think is tough, or maybe you you think people are going to give you a hard time. And yes, by the way, that often can happen. You can get a hard time, mm-hmm. but I think the fear and the oppression or the inhibition um, that we feel sometimes comes from ourselves as well. You know what I mean? Uh, it may not be, it may be that your neighbor who you thought was going to beat you up because you wanted to be an actor and he, they thought it was silly or James. something. James. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, the, uh, the S-bomb and the F-bomb we can't say on American radio. Yes. So. I'm so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could. It'd be great. No, but it, but, but it, it does. And you, you're, you're actually talking about something that is sort of pertains to, to, uh, to everything that we've been talking about up to now, which is that point in which you realize that there are opportunities for you. And when, the the switch is flicked and you're like, oh, my God, this could be something for me. Uh, and this is an avenue I had not thought about. You talk about where you came from and where you were, where you were uh, living. It's, it's that's dude, I everything. Think, I think I think look, we don't have we don't always have the money to get out of our limited borders. Do you know what I mean? We don't yeah. have we don't always have the money to physically take ourselves beyond our immediate horizons. And that can be limiting. And sometimes the confines that are of our immediate horizons are terrible and not helpful, not educational and not good for cultivating a good human being, right? But you meet incredible people, you meet incredible mentors, teachers, and this is what education does. It helps you see beyond your physical barriers and it helps you see, all right, I can't get out of this situation right now, but I can see beyond it and I can learn about stuff beyond it. I can project, I can imagine, and I can become a bigger soul even if I can't physically go to a better place or get to a better work environment or anything like that straight away, you know. If without education, we can't move out of our confines. We can't move out of our station on that ladder. And if we don't educate and if we don't nurture and we don't take care of these young people with people like Caleb and Andre, you're stuck. And that means there's no social climbing. There's no social lowering. Do you know what I mean? It, we it, just it, all it, stay where we are. It's being exposed to things. Uh, Stanley Kubrick always said that if you if you could you know if you could get a kid and find out what really motivates them and excites them, it's like a nuclear bomb and, and sets their life off in, in you know in all sorts of different directions. I I, I, I wonder yeah. with you, where was that moment? So you get into acting. Do you have a, a an absolute? crystalline moment in mind when you said this is it i I, love this i love this uh no not really not with acting it was more it was with music strangely um with these music teachers it was um i remember 
I like Friends. I don't even know if Friends was on. Was it on at that point? I think it was. Yeah. I like Friends. And Chandler wore waistcoats. And I thought, I want to wear a waistcoat. Like, <laughs> you guys call it like a vest. Wow. You guys call it like a vest. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, I remember hanging out in the music department with a different kind of <laughs> group of friends and these teachers and them all sort of not giving me any... Um, not giving me any hassle or giving me a hard time because I'm wearing a waistcoat. And I thought, I can be me here. They also then let us perform and we put on concerts and all that kind of stuff. And that's the moment that I realized I love this. Uh, and for me, whether it's acting or whether it was, it's the same kind of thing. It's about performance. It's about communicating with an audience. All right, it's through, it's through drama and it's through acting instead of music. But it was probably when I was at high school with those amazing music teachers and a group of people that were interested in you experimenting and finding out who you were mm. and not being not being so afraid to try things out that you just stayed this one little thing right. that everybody tried to conform to and just did what the whole group did and what the gang did. Uh, it was being with that group of people and those two incredible teachers that really made me think, right, this is for me. I want to do something in performance. As, as a father with with teenagers myself, it's, it's so important, and, I, and I'm watching my kids go through this, of finding your community, finding your group, the people that um, that encourage you, uh, and that you're not afraid to be yourself around. Uh, it, it's everything. It's so important. It sets your life on the right course. And like these guys at Give and Go Athletics, you know, you, it may be there. It may be right there. It may be somewhere else. But you've got yeah. to try these things out to find out where they are. Yeah, I think if there's people holding you back, if there's people telling you how you need to be instead of helping you find out what you want to be, then, you know, you've got to try and step away. It's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. But um, you've got to try and step away and find those people who let you grow and who want you to grow and help you grow. Yeah. You know? James, I, I, because of M. Night Shyamalan, we've all been lucky enough to, to meet you and spend a little bit of time with you. And, and I think we all just walked away uh, genuinely impressed at what a nice and genuinely good person you are. Um, and, and and I think also it's it's a, sometimes shocking to us as lay people to see somebody as successful as you are be as nice as you are. Are you ever surprised at your own success or, or for lack of a better term, fame? Uh, darling, of course not. Um, <laughs> it was meant to be. It was meant to it be. Complete sense to me. It made Yeah, no, look, I'm, I'm very lucky. I came out of acting school. I love my time at acting school, but I came out of there, you know, very, uh, very certain <laughs> you can be very certain or just certain mm-hmm. certain that i would be oh i'd do okay maybe i'd do okay maybe i'd get some theater work here and there but i was going to have to have another thing to fall back on and i thought that was probably going to be teaching um and uh, a friend of mine shauna mcdonald who runs a, a youth theater in edinburgh as well as being a successful actress in her own right um her and i had an idea that we were going to you know maybe start a youth theater somewhere in edinburgh um and then it just started to happen for me. But I was I was not certain it was going to work out for me. I thought I was by no means the star of my my class, start of my year. Um, and but it's just different. It's just the industry needs different. I don't know. It just works out different for different people. A lot of luck, a lot of hard work, a lot of being in the right place at the right time, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that's particularly true of this industry. But I think it's true of most industries in most um, walks of life, uh, even if that particular industry isn't as oversubscribed as acting is. Right. But yeah. um, 
it's about hard work. It is about endeavour. It is about a positive attitude. But it is also just you've got to get lucky. Yeah. And you've yeah. got to be in the right place at the right time and meet the right people and stuff. So I've been exceptionally lucky. I am... I'm now used to it, but there, for years it felt so strange to me that anybody wanted to know anything about me or watch my movies or the fact that I was in movies, you know. I also just thought, all right, I'll just become one of those actors. I'm happy about this, by the way. I'll be, if I can pay my bills as an actor, that is... That was my, that was my goal. That was my my, my deep, most heartfelt desire was um, just to be able to pay my bills and own somewhere that I could call my own and feel safe inside through acting. Yeah. Um, so the the fact that I've gone way beyond that is is a massive blessing, and I'm, I really do thank anybody who's ever <laughs> who's assisted. Yeah. I mean, honestly, now you can pay other people's That's bills. Why I'm here. <laughs> uh, uh, James, because of your partner and uh, your um, association with Philadelphia and M Night Shyamalan, I'm wondering if you if you follow Philadelphia sports, if you're now uh, a fan of, let's say, the Eagles, the Flyers, who are in the playoffs right now, Sixers, Phillies, all that stuff. You know what? I have not seen a single sporting event live in Philly, <laughs> and really? that is it is one of yeah, it's one of my big regrets. And also with COVID at the moment, I've not and I did a play at the, the end of last year coming in this year, so I've not actually been to Philly since September, man. Okay. Um, I know. Well, I've got I've got family here. I've got kids here, so I I I can't really afford to go back to Philly and then quarantine for two weeks and then right. come back here and then quarantine for two weeks as well. So I basically had to stay here. Um, but I'm desperate, desperate, desperate. I particularly want to go to an Eagles game because I've never been to a game of American football and I find the um, the idea quite exciting. I don't enjoy watching it on TV because there's so many commercials. Yeah. So I think watching it, I think watching it live might be pretty exciting. Okay. But I also quite like ice hockey as well, so I'm, I'm down to come and see the Flyers. Cool. I wanted to ask you about with, with Night Shyamalan and with directors that you work with and, and, and in particular um, Night um, you, you, I think you have to for that performance for for a, a, a split and, and glass for what you had to do for the essentially playing the horde and all the the characters and personalities associated with that. You've got to, I think, got to go out on a sort of an emotional tightrope with that, and you have to feel very comfortable with with the director. Describe your your relationship with Knight. Yeah, no, um, I came in quite late in the day for a Split. Um, so it was. It would have been real tough if we didn't click uh, quickly, and we did. We just clicked real quick, just on Facetime, having rehearsals um, then, and then about a week and a half after I got the part, I was in Philly rehearsing with him face to face. Wow! It came really quickly. I know um, there were a couple of characters that were trickier for us to find. Hedwig was one of the trickiest, strangely. Huh. Um, and. Uh, and I'd say, like, most of the characterization I got just from the script and then bringing my own stuff to it. Um, but with Hedwig, I was finding it quite difficult. And weirdly, Knight just said, give him a lisp. And I was like, eh? I was like, I don't know about this. Is it going to be exploitative of, like, somebody with a speech impediment? I don't know. And uh, But the minute I, I gave Hedwig a lisp, he sort of the whole character fell into place. Um, and then I started to discover all the stuff where he was like, because he said Kanye is his favourite and all that kind of stuff, I thought, right, okay, he's got to be heavy into hip hop, and he's got to, he's going to be like one of those nine-year-old kids who wants to be like a bad boy, nineteen-year-old kid. You know, what I mean, he wants to hang out with the bigger boys, yeah. and he thinks he's he thinks he's street, he thinks he's tough, <laughs> but he's absolutely not. I think that was um, that was one of the funnest uh, discoveries that day with Knight. But, um, but yeah, look, he's a great technician. He writes his own material as well, which is the other thing too. Um, 
I think when a director writes their own material, you've got a mainline avenue into their uh, their thought process and what they truly want. Sometimes a director finds it difficult to say to you, this is how I'd like it to be, this is how I'd like it to look, this is how I'd like it to sound. But when the director's actually written it, you're getting into their imagination through a form of art anyway. Like, just the, the script itself is a is a form of narrative art. Yeah. And, um, and so you, it's a creative form of narrative art. So you're already in touch with their creative process before you're even accepting direction from them or listening to them or trying to decipher what it is they're actually going on about. Because sometimes they're not... He's very good at telling you what he's going on about, by the way. But it's even better when when they've written the script because you can you can see what they truly wanted even subconsciously sometimes because it's literally down in front of you in black and white. Uh, James, speaking of Hedwig, which uh, the character was was awesome, there's a there's a scene where he dances. Did you watch videos of kids trying to dance uh, to put that together or did you just make that up on the spot? Uh, I can't remember if we made it up on the spot or if we rehearsed it. I can't really remember, but I know we didn't do many takes of it. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember if we rehearsed it or not I, if we did rehearse it it wasn't it came quick and if i think maybe we rehearsed it on camera okay. or something like that uh, mm-hmm. and then knight would look at it and go like i like that bit do that bit or egg that bit up or that bit's a bit weird egg that bit down <laughs> like um and then there was a weird spider thing that i did and if you look really closely i think you can see that i get shot and I've got blood coming out of my neck at some point as well, which I was really into. Mm-hmm. Um, but people <laughs> miss that. How dare they? How dare they miss my <laughs> You got all that trouble. Detailed yeah. performance. I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was uh, that was a lot of fun. That bit. No, but I didn't look at it, 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 uh, any kids' videos. I don't think. Okay, because you looked like yeah. you looked like a kid who was trying <laughs> to be a badass dancer. It was great. Yeah. Let, Let me, me ask you. It was actually. <laughs> There's actually a really good um, music video by a band called Jungle, which is a sort of oh yeah, yeah. electronic London collective. Get busy, and, um, something. Get busy earning, earning, busy earning. Is, I don't know if it's busy earning. I think it might be Julia. Busy earning's a different video. Okay, but uh, which is also a great video, by the way. But I think it's Julia, where they've got this little kid in a purple tracksuit who must, I think, is about four or five. Doing the best breakdancing, <laughs> and um, that actually that was actually a little bit of inspiration. Okay, for me. Yeah. so so I have to imagine because obviously you're you're in the, the Marvel universe, you've done a lot of genre stuff. Uh, are are you actively seeking out genre stuff because you're a fan, or is the genre stuff finding you? Uh, it's a little bit of both, really. Um, yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, when X Men came along for me, I. Uh, I hadn't worked in about a year. Um, I just had taken some time out. My kid had just been born. It was filming in London. It was good money, and it was a franchise. Plus, I loved X-Men as a kid, So, it, and also I'm a massive fan of Patrick Stewart, so I was like, this makes total sense. So it came to me, but I was also like tailor-made to love it anyway. Um, it would be the kind of thing I'd be seeking out. So I got very, very lucky with that. And, um, other than that, the the genre stuff that comes to me, yes, I I have an attraction to that stuff. But uh, I, you turn a lot down because it's got to be good enough. Do you know what I mean? I can't just do it because I think, hey, vampires are cool. I'm going to do this movie. <laughs> yeah. Or hey, yeah. space is awesome. So I'm going to do this movie. Although the 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 total dweeb in me is like <laughs> is mental mad, kind of instinctually pushing me to do it. But if the, if the script's not right or if the part's not right, then you can't just launch yourself. In there. There's probably uh, a, and, yeah. I, and I'm lucky. 
That's yeah. probably a good way to approach it. Yeah, I think um, I think your portrayal of uh, Charles Xavier is great, especially considering the fact that uh, Patrick Stewart had doing had done it so many times. You you made it your own, and you did your own yeah. thing. And listen, I, I've been known to uh, sidetrack interviews from time to time, so this uh, just doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure it's uh, first class. You use an exclamation that I had never heard before, and I use probably at least on a, we- a weekly basis. Uh, wacky bananas. I had never heard wacky bananas before, and I I say that all the time now. I say wacky bananas. Yeah, in the movie you say what? wacky bananas. Yeah, it's wacky bananas, man. Yeah. In, in what movie? In what I, movie? I'm pretty sure. It, listen, because they're all set like back in the day, but I'm pretty sure it is first class, and I'm pretty sure it's when uh, you're in the bar, uh, uh, you know, macking on some some ladies. Oh yeah. Is that, is, is that is that bananas? Is that perhaps on your family crest? Wacky bananas. Oh my god! I need to go check that. All right, all right. All right. I'm gonna go check it. All right. All right. So I think do you know what I think. I was I have a vague memory of trying to come up with just weird things that sounded like they were in the sixties yeah. that the people might say. But I was coming up with um, I was coming up with my own creations. I think I tried to get the term. Baby Sham Nightmare in there, <laughs> but it got cut out as well. And they were, the director was like, what does that mean? And I was like, oh, it's something that you used to say in the 60s. Like, and it was just me making it up. You just made it up. <laughs> it's just nonsense. That's excellent. So of all those movies, all the X-Men movies total, James, my favorite is, is Days of Future Past, um, and uh, you're in that one. Uh, do you have a favorite, even if you're not in it? Is there, are any of the X-Men movies uh, where you rank above the others? I love First Class for its kitschness, and it really did try to, I think they tried to reboot a lot of what X-Men was doing um, by giving it a different vibe, a different tone, tried to make it feel more like a spy movie, tried to make it feel very sort of kitsch, and I think more funny and more comic and more, um, just a bit more capery or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, it's and also, great. Yeah, and also it was a buddy movie, do you know what I mean? It was, it was very much, as much as it was about everybody, it was really about these two guys uh, forming a friendship, which I don't think any of the other X-Men movies have sort of, sort of formed themselves around a structure quite like that at that point. Then we went into Days of Future Past, which was actually, I felt like, going back to the more classic kind of X-Men vibe. But in saying that, it's probably my favourite experience of playing Charles, just because I got such a workout as an actor and I got to actually really go some interesting places with... Um, with Charles, give me two sex. My landline is ringing. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> Take it down. Oh, we, we, we heard you were in an accident. <laughs> like, no, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Um, dude, just um, go ahead. Yeah, so Days of Future Past is probably my, the the best one for me. I can't get this shit. <laughs> Please turn off. That's oh uh, okay. It happens to the best of us. Uh, I have to just t- tell you before we, we were talking about you earlier this morning. About two weeks ago, I saw the Last King of Scotland, which I hadn't seen Oof. for in a long while. That movie holds up. That is a that is, I think to me that's when you first really ended up on on my radar. Uh, and you and Forrest Whitaker have such a, an amazing chemistry in that movie. Do you have any recollections of that that film? Any memories? No, I was high as a kite, and I forgot. No, no and <laughs> it, was, it was all chemically induced, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was not. Um, yeah, no, I mean that was an amazing experience. I think I was twenty-four or something, and just to get to go to Uganda for three months and and hang out with somebody like him and learn from somebody like him. Not only is he a great actor, but a great actor playing a, a truly demanding, exciting, dynamic, 
Oscar-winning role, Oscar-winning performance. That was um, that was you know a formative part of my career to be exposed to that and be around that was was exceptional. And then also you know to have to kind of lead the narrative of the film, yeah, um, and have that responsibility on your shoulders as an actor um, was just an amazing amazing learning experience. <laughs> but then for the film to actually go on and, and do well and most people see it and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was, I was really lucky because yeah. I think I'd played lots of smaller parts up till then in movies and, and um, I'd played leads in TV, but I'd never really played leads in movies. I'd done like Narnia and all that kind of stuff, which was more sort of uh, character roles, but to play a sort of, a sort of Jewish lead um, in a movie like that was, was sort of just incredible. And also to get to do it as a young Scottish person playing a Scottish person because there's just not, there's not a hell of a lot of work out there for yeah. uh, Scottish actors if you can't pretend to be from somewhere else. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, so wanted to have one of the first things that really sort of got me out there and bas- and make a bit of a splash across the pond in America, but actually being Scottish. And you guys didn't all go, ah, we can't understand the funny sense, <laughs> and just ignore it. That was I felt really, really fortunate, and and just I don't know, I felt good yeah. about that. It's an amazing film. Uh, listen, we do have to wrap things up, James. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna mention once again, and the main reason uh, for the call was to uh, <clears throat> talk about the organization GiveAndGoAthletics.org. Uh, it's right here in Philadelphia. It's helping people in Philadelphia, kids who uh, need some guidance, who need a community, and also those who might need some therapeutic help along the way. So it's a really great program. And I'll hit the the website again. It's called GiveAndGoAthletics.org. And it's really cool that you're uh, you know th- that you're promoting this uh, something right here in, in your second home. So we do appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, oh, well, thank you very much. But listen, they're also just there if you want a good time playing sport as well. They cool. will do all that stuff, and they can help you out if you're in a tough time. But um, but if you just want to play sports after school, and your school or your community don't provide that, that's also what they're doing too. They are an incredible organization. Go seek them out, guys. One request, if you don't mind, if you could take a picture of you wearing your Delco hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a picture of me it's, and my Delco hat. And, or, yeah, absolutely. That'd be wonderful. Then we'll, we'll post it on, on social media. and Because uh, and, uh, for Casey alone, our producer, that's <laughs> yeah. such a... Cool. I need so to see that on Instagram like <laughs> yeah. immediately. All right, listen, James, you're the best. Thank you so much, and hopefully we'll see you in Philadelphia sometime soon, okay? All right, you guys. Thanks a million. Take care. Anytime. James McAvoy! Yeah! Oh wow! What a what a uh, something we already knew. Super nice guy. Super man. nice guy, and yet again, a better phone connection from England. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. and his what? cell phone. Yeah, because that was the landline, landline was ringing. ringing. What yeah. in the f? <laughs> I know. And by the way, dude, he, he should. It, it was because of when they released the movie, but split by far far that year. The best performance by any male actor, in my humble opinion. Yeah. And but but they released it at uh, past the window, which I understand why they did that because it was a huge success. Yeah, but he should be an Oscar winner and probably will be one yeah. day. I would imagine. Uh, wow, that was awesome! All right, we got to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. We still have a whole load of guests. Chris Porter, comedian, is going to be joining us next, and after that, actor William Sadler, who's been in a ton of great things. Love him too. And Jim Gaffigan on the show as well. So make sure you stay with us. Don't miss any of it. We'll be right back. Concert Series, an hour-long concert made up of the best live performances ever captured. MMR rocks. Green Day, in concert, Saturday night at 7. We're all jonesing for live music, and this should help. 
So hit the backyard, get the tailgate started, and crank up MMR Saturday night at 7. It's MMR's Saturday Night Concert Series. Sponsored by Acme Markets, official supermarket of the Preston and Steve Show. This week, Green Day. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. So we were going to talk to Chris Porter, but we can't get a hold of him. He's not answering. What? Phone, so that's all right. We have, uh, we have a few other uh, guests to get to, Sophie. Calls in, he calls in. If not, uh, we have some other things that we can do. I could, uh, I mean, I just found this out. I could clean some things out of the oh, junk drawer if you guys okay. want. You that know what? That good? might leave us an option in case. Yeah. In case he calls in. Yeah. All right, let me, uh, let me dive in. Oh, here's one. <laughs> you sold that good. Uh, the Sixers are exploring the poss- exploring the possibility of building a new basketball arena at Penn's Landing. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. that sucks for the Wells Fargo Center because, um, you know, that's a, a major source of revenue for them. But the I one think- question that comes to mind immediately is. How do you handle? That's what I was thinking. Traffic, the flow traffic. Of traffic, and yeah. parking. It's immediately what I thought of yeah. too. They, their lease goes um, through twenty thirty one. I yes. think with the okay with the Wells Fargo Center with the team. Mm-hmm. They've been looking to get out for a while or or find what, explore, why is that? explore new options. Well, there's a few reasons. One is that um, several NBA teams have their own arenas, and yeah. so the Sixers in part are jealous. Uh, two is that the guys, the 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 leadership, the ownership group also owns the New Jersey Devils, and so there was a fear at one point that uh, because the New Jersey Nets moved to Brooklyn a few years ago that the Sixers might leave Philly and go to North Jersey or just be the New Jersey Sixers, right? Whoa. Stay, stay. Uh, yeah. so, so I will, of course, take Center City, Philadelphia over New Jersey. No disrespect to New Jersey. I just don't, no. I don't want to leave the team, uh, I lose the team to, to that state. Um, we're, and we're just, it, we're used to it. And we're used to it, yeah. I, I got t-shirts. So, uh, <laughs> but I think I think the Wells Fargo Center will probably try to sweeten the pot to keep them there. All right, all right, I hope so. I mean, if they were to do this, they would have to create a, a, a whole brand new exit for yeah. said arena. I would imagine. Yeah, mass transit, some kind of subway stop, you know. Yeah. They'll have to extend uh, a septa line there, yeah. The, the um and a submarine base, uh, yeah, that'd right. be cool. Yeah. Sub, so you can go from yeah. Camden over. I, I drove through Boston uh, a week or two ago, and the where the Celtics play and where the Bruins play is um is downtown Boston, and it's neat to see an arena in the middle of a city, but uh, it's got to create a headache. It's got to create traffic. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. There's, you know, it's funny when people come from out of the area and they'll say, "Oh, you got all your main sports things, right? You know, you're right all right in the spot. spot. Yeah, and I guess yeah." Tons of parking and and listen, they're jam jams getting in and out periodically. Of course, yeah. that's the case. But you go to some other areas where it's like nightmarish. I'll oh, take man. that Wrigley Field, oh, and Middle Chicago, and stuff like that. Yeah, there's there's but some... there is a, a train station right there. True. Yeah. yeah, you have your mass transit for yeah. sure. But yeah. not everyone has a train. Yeah, no, you're right. But I remember um, uh, Larry Appleton and and um, Balky right. Bartakamos. Uh, they got off of the train and went to Wrigley Stadium. I remember that in the beginning of perfect strangers so uh nick i have a question for you about connie mack stadium where was that it was in from a man who wears perfume (laughs) uh uh, north philly um and i saw an article about where connie mack was recently it's it's a a neighborhood now um but yeah connie mack was in the city and there were uh you know subway stops and train stations nearby all right Um, but yeah philly hasn't i remember 
Uh, well, Marissa had a point to make, and then I looked over, and she was gone. <laughs> and, what happened? I, and then you started talking, and I was, I'm sorry. Well, let me just finish <laughs> yeah, my, go my thought real quick, which was um, when the Phils played at the Vet, uh, and they were going to announce a new stadium. There were several different uh, places where they were talking about putting in a new baseball stadium. One was by uh, the train station, by 30th Street Station. One was in Chinatown, and a lot of people opposed that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And uh, and then it ended up in South Philly. And I remember initially thinking, oh, South Philly's probably not the best location for it. However, now, to your point, Steve, having all of the sports complex in the same place, yeah. I think is a benefit to the city. I do, too. Um, I just want to say, there is a train station down there. The Market uh, Frankfurt line. At Penn's Landing? Uh, it goes Penn's right Landing? to Penn's Landing. Okay. Yeah, it you, gets you, out right in front of a like, Continental Restaurant. You're right. Okay. Right yeah, there. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you're right there. I, I think that would be Short so cool. Walk. Do you guys all use mass transit a lot to go to? to... No, I never. I have only a handful of times. I did for the uh, uh, the NLCS one year, yeah. and it was great, yeah. man. Yeah. I, we now we made a quick exit before the game was coming to an end. I'm like, let's get out of here now. Let's go. But it was it was. So much easier than uh, than dealing with the, the the parking issue. But a lot uh, of people do, Steve. It, do yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I use the subway to go to the Met. I've been to a few shows at the Met, and what I prefer to do is park away from it, hop on the subway, and and get there that way. Because there's, but that the problem with the the Met is that there's not. There's not ample parking there, and, well, and it can be a little bit uh, tough. I always take my car because I, I, I keep chafing dishes in the backseat. Well, you know, so I, but I don't do that. Yeah, I don't, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm just a, just a simple man. Yeah. I, um, for Eagles games, I, I can't stand traffic, and I can't stand sitting in a parking lot. So what I've been doing lately is I bring my bike with me, and because I, I park way back in the back of FDR Park, I hop on my bike, I lock it by the stadium, and then when the, everything's over, I'm I'm back at my my car. It's a great in idea. Like two minutes, you know. Excellent idea. That is great. I started taking the train to Eagles games a few years ago, and it was the best decision I've ever made. Because okay. it's just, especially like after a win, you get to go on the train, and you're kind of still like riding high on that vibe again with all the people around you. Because if not, you're in your car, you're <laughs> sitting in the parking lot for an hour. Like my parents will drive down, and they'll say, "Oh, we'll give you a ride home," and I refuse because you go sit in the lot for an it's hour. It's cool too because if you're on the train, you get to watch guys run into steel girders. So, yeah, it's a ways off. Like Nick was saying, uh, 2031 season. But, you know, they've, they've got to make plans now, especially if you're going to yeah. build, build something. something. And where, where would they put it? That's what I'm wondering, <laughs> Kath. It doesn't seem like enough room on Penn's Landing alone. I mean, uh, a lot would just go make away. The, make the court thinner. I think uh, they just run right yeah. along the river. There's a lot of stuff changing down there. I don't know if you guys have been down recently, but like um, Festival Pier is completely gone. Um, yeah, yeah, they got rid oh, of yeah, it. Yeah. Oh yeah, remember they're flattening that. And then I think I heard like the Lisa Dave and Buster's is up sooner or later. So I don't know. There's there's a lot of redevelopment happening down there. Maybe there's some areas. Maybe they'll finally do the thing that they should have done 50 years ago, which is put 95 underground through Penn's Landing, and and then because ha- some of it is like there are sort of uh, streets from. Philly that that worked their way to the to the riverfront right, over right. Mm-hmm. ninety five. But if they if they're going to build a stadium there, maybe they can incorporate some type of city planning. To that point, there was a plan that was on. The, in fact, we had talked about it where they were going to basically uh, cover over the area. Yeah. So there's basically like a rooftop deck over ninety five. They were also going to do a tramway between yeah. Camden yeah. and Penn's Landing. That and Stonehenge the, thing. Yeah, the the big uh, the big Stonehenge yeah. piece of yeah. concrete it's still that there. was going to anchor that is still there. That would have been a great idea for you know going to concerts. It's a great spot so now for sacrifices, if you want. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious as to the amount of space that they would have. They'd have to get rid of the river rink, uh, which would suck because that's kind of fun to go yeah, to. Yeah, but they put another one by City Hall. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, but no, not the same. No, no. That's not the same. All right, anyhow, uh, they are kicking that idea around. So, you know, be open to it because you never know. But it's it's a ways off before something like that might happen. All right, let me see what else I got. Random stuff uh, from my junk drawer. How about this one? Uh, Bush Beer is introducing a non-alcoholic drink. For dogs called dog brew. Dog brew. That's just what my dog's been asking for. Yeah, the drink introduced on National Dog Day, which was yesterday, is actually um, bone broth that Bush says has a dog-friendly flavor and lots of nutrients and comes in cans that look like beer cans. That's great. Like, so you and your dog the, can knock a few back. Are dogs envious of the yeah. beer? Oh, God, you know it. You see them lustfully looking at you cracking open your cans of beer. Dog, some some dude, you know, down south and go, come here, Scooter. Yeah. Come here. <laughs> Let me blow some pot smoke in your food. Yeah. Uh, will dogs drink beer? Yes. Uh, I don't know. They will. We uh, Our great Dane used to years no ago. No kid. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. I mean, they'll eat their own poop, so I think anything you put <laughs> in front like of their face. Yeah. Dude, my dog will um, sniffs out, like, because ha- he had an ear infection, so I was giving it pills. Yeah. And I was giving it to him in, like, cheese and meat, and he would sniff it. He's like... I know what you're doing here. And he wouldn't like, take it. like eat around it? Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't take it. I was like, this thing is tiny. Yeah. yeah. Ours does the same thing, Haley. It took, she took him at first. Yeah. And then after a while. But I think there, there's probably a bitter taste to the pill yeah. once they get it in their mouth. And they're like, I ain't doing that anymore. Uh-huh. You know what I found? It's actually, and it's actually really good for your dogs. And it's, it's a way to sort of hide stuff like that. It's called yolk. It's almost like the same stuff that uh, bodybuilders use. And it's basically <laughs> yolk powder from eggs. And you put it over the food, sort of just spread it over the food. They go nuts for it. Wait, so they'll actually eat food? So, like, if you put, if you like put, the dog food, it, I mean, it, yeah, if you, yeah, if it's a, if you're trying to sell a particular food, to yeah, them, they will go for it. It's called yolk, yolk, and it's 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 in a pouch. You keep it refrigerated, and it's basically powdered dried egg yolk. And is it for dog for it's animals? for dogs? Yeah, that's it's, awesome. But, but also, people humans use it a, a variation of it as well for like weight training and things of that nature. Like Rocky when he was like, drinking it, exactly drinking it's the like eggs. Your dog waking up in the morning instead <laughs> uh, going to the fridge. He's uh, <laughs> using powdered instead of cracking raw eggs. Wow. Okay, I was not familiar with that product. Uh, so, by the way. It comes in beer cans. Ingredients used to make the brew include uh, bone-in pork butt. Yeah, I saw that movie. uh, (laughs) Corn, celery, uh, basil, mint, uh, turmeric, and ginger. Yes. For like for figging. Yes, of course. And if, dogs love figging. If you're tempted to take a sip, it is safe for humans to drink. <laughs> uh, but alcohol is toxic for dogs, so you should never do the reverse and give your dog beer. So Don't. dog brew can be given to a dog's uh, uh on its own or poured over food. So yeah, it, I we this was years ago, so giving your dog beer on a regular beer on a regular basis is not a good idea. But beer, this, well, this is interesting. Scott and his dog drink uh, all the time. Uh, hey, no, we just lost him. <laughs> I think right when you said that, he's like, ah, I probably Uh-oh. shouldn't go on. <laughs> I'm going to look like a, uh, I'm, I'm abusing my pets. Yep. Bush beer brings back high school memories. Bush. It was cheap. Yeah, I mean, I didn't drink it. My friends did. Of course not. You were an <laughs> angel in, in high, high school. school. She was having that French champagne where you have no words on it. <laughs> yeah. no. There's no words on There's it. No words on it. Um, all right. Well, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. All right, let me go back in the drawer. Uh, this is interesting. Um... Dating someone who's a lot older than you isn't uh, a problem for many people. In fact, they may prefer it. And now there's a new dating website just for them. It's called 20 Dating. Uh, The site launched uh, this past Monday. It is for people looking to date someone with at least 
a 20-year age gap. Oh, my gosh. So if you them. do any sort of general scanning around social media, and in particular TikTok, this is a big thing. I Wh- see so what? many random videos pop up of younger women With talking what? about how much they love older guys. Older guys. Well, but for how long? You know, I I can't see that. Well, look, we just, what what relationship just dissolved? The the you know the was it Scott Disick? That you know, here's a guy who's stable and everyone loves, <laughs> but he it, it, they, he broke up with Sophia, whatever her name Richie. is, Richie. So she there was a what sixteen year difference. Yeah, but fr- uh, but but this is the rage now. A friend of mine just got engaged. She's the older one, and I uh, I don't know her fiance, but I saw them post a picture on Facebook, and I was like. Oh, dear God. I had to click on his profile and go to his about to see what year he was born. Like, he's definitely 20 to 25 years younger than her. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. I uh, mean. So, yeah, it goes both ways in this, right. uh, in, in this this on this site. It's just a 20-year age gap minimum. Uh, daters can even ask to be matched with people with larger age gaps. Uh, 20 dating creator David Minns uh, said, I just want to take away the stigma of big age gaps. And to help people avoid being ridiculed on other popular dating sites, uh, the website has 350 members so far. Can you make me some pudding? Uh, with men <laughs> outnumbering women two to one, of course. Yes, yeah. of course. There, there's. We talk about this, and it's a clickbait site. But there are other sites that expose this. You'll see that we're talking about these wealthy guys who are basically they make the crypt keeper, keeper from Tales from the Crypt look vital. Yeah, and they're with these stunning young women. Yep. Yep. I have Funny how that happens to rich people, isn't it? Yeah. What is the attraction? Crazy. All right, listen. Uh, sorry, these were just a couple of stores I had to clean out from the junk drawer. So we have yes. Thank you. <laughs> That's our wow. junk drawer theme. That Hope was, you enjoyed it. That was incredibly short, but still right. engaging. We we are ex- stop it. Okay. We are excited to talk to our next guest, and I love the fact that he is reprising this role. Oh my God. I mean, this man, he's a serious actor. He's, he's done some great. incredibly heavy roles over the years, including Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile. And he's done some really cool genre stuff, including Iron Man 3, yeah. uh, Die Hard 2, a bunch of great movies. But he played death in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Stole the movie. Stole the movie, and he's back. And I'm so glad that this, uh, this franchise is returning, and he is pri- reprising his role. Please welcome William Sadler. Yeah. The show. Hey, William. Hi, hi. How are you guys? Doing great. I listen. Is it? I'd mentioned you know some heavier roles that you've done. It's got to. It's got to be fun to just do something goofy every now and then. Oh, it's the best fun you can have. It's just the best. I when I was in high school, I did stand up for a while. I was banjo Bill Sadler. I told jokes and played the banjo. And I mean, comedy has always been something. I mean, it's just been it, it, it's close to my heart. I love to do I love to do comedy, and I don't get a chance to do it. When I got to Hollywood, they were casting me in these, you know, one heavy after another heavy after another heavy, and then Bogus Journey came along. And I think part of the reason that it was uh, as much fun as it was was because he starts as a heavy. Yeah. When you first see, when you first see the Reaper, he's this scary dude. Um, yeah, but yeah. He, he becomes this sort of which which is great is he he becomes sort of this needy, <laughs> <laughs> wanting to belong. He he realizes that he's while he might excel at chess, he's not good at battleship. Right, and and, <laughs> and there are flaws in what he's able to do, and and that that tran- uh, that transition is so hilarious. I have to ask you, um, 
Uh, William, what, what, what made you go with a, a sort of a, a Czech accent for death? <laughs> I don't, you know what, I, they, they actually were casting people. I, I told them I'm, I want to do an, an accent when I, uh, for my first audition, and they said, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. That's probably not, not a good idea. <laughs> no, I, but I, I couldn't resist. I, I've been carrying that accent around. <laughs> From what I understand, it just it it, it, it won everybody over. I, I have to ask you in particular this is the line that, I, and I wonder if it was improvised or whatever. I, it came up on the set where you're you're walking by a guy who's uh, who's smoking, and and you you say I'll I'll be seeing you soon, basically. <laughs> uh, was that in the script, or was that something that you had uh, had come up with? That was something I we were we, that was something I came up with actually. We were filming in a in the hardware store. And we, you have to shoot at night when the store is closed, of course. And um, and, and I thought well, it would be really funny if he, if death is, he's, he's just walking by someone who's smoking, and as he goes by, just see you real soon. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the guy puts the cigarette out, and I told Pete Hewitt, the director, the idea, and he said, "Oh, that's great!" If, but we didn't have a, there was no actor cast in that role, so. Peaches that brought the cameras over, and he plays the smoker. Oh, that's great! That's, that, that's the director. That's Pete Hewitt, um, the smoker in the scene, and um, uh, took two seconds to shoot. And yeah, well, hey, I, I wanted to ask uh, William because you've you know you've had a, a long successful career. Uh, you've watched uh, actors come and go, and you've watched some blossom into huge stars like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And uh, and I'm really happy for Alex Winter that he's able to reprise this role. And these two guys are back together again because they they seem like buddies in real life, and I believe that they are. Um, yeah. And 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 never would have I ever guessed that that uh, Keanu Reeves, who was seemed like he was starting to get typecast. He was he played this type of character in in River's Edge. He was this type of character in. Uh, a, a handful of movies, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, I love you to death, and, you know. Fahrenheit, rom yeah. yeah, Matrix, and uh, you know. Tell me about your experience working with these young guys and watching their career and and what they become to uh, this late on. It was. It's been. It's been fascinating. After Bogus Journey, we, you know, we the three of us sort of went our own way. I think Keanu and, and Alex uh, have always remained buddies, and you know, have dinner with each other and hang out. But, um, but it's been, it's been remarkable to watch, uh, to watch Keanu's development as an actor and, and as a movie star, really, he's, um, Will you- the matrix, the matrix is one of those films. If I'm, like I said, if I'm clicking around, I get, <laughs> I get stuck on it. I can't, I can't not watch it. <laughs> yeah. And Alex, Alex went on, has gone on to do these documentaries. He got into directing, and he did one called The Panama Papers. Yeah. He did one that's coming out soon called uh, about Frank Zappa, who we both knew. Um, 
and uh, he, he's had, you know, he's had this terrific, successful career doing these brilliant documentaries, and then to get pulled back and uh, do the acting thing again uh, was pretty remarkable. So, so Bill and Ted f- face the music. Um, so, this is, this is obviously okay. They're old. They're they're further on. They're older. They have kids themselves. How does death become? How does the Grim Reaper get reintroduced into their lives? I don't want to spoil anything for people that haven't seen it, but but they at the end of Bogus Journey, they're a band, and they go off on tour, a world tour, and then the Reaper goes. The Reaper has a solo career. That's right. <laughs> he goes. He goes off and starts making <laughs> albums, but the albums are all bass. Yeah. <laughs> there's no vocals. There's no other instruments. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And and so they don't. His his solo career goes in the dumper. And uh, when we find him uh, in in face the music, he's um, he's sort of fallen on hard times. And and <laughs> there's a, and there's some hard feelings too, um, as you might imagine. But but. But there, but there's redemption. I mean, all right. Well, we, we know you can't give yeah. give 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 away a lot of it, but, they, but I, it, it would not be the same movie without without you you being in it. But you talk. Yeah. We talk about your comedic flair, and, and I'll, I'll say this: you you are you are responsible for a, a genuine outright laughter in a movie that is as sober as Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when when uh, with uh, uh, when you're going through the books and the book titles. Uh, uh, which is a, a great <laughs> sequence again. Yep, he said it, Alexander Dumas. What I love in that scene, though, is even though you've been called on it, you're you're resolute. You turn the book around like it says it right there. So, yeah. <laughs> that was in, that's in the script. What's I think what's really sweet about that moment is that he's he's so surprised himself that that's a. You know, no, it looks like dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not the brightest bulb in the in the sun, um, Haywood. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, <laughs> that's really what's you know, funny there. You not only played Haywood uh, in Shawshank, but another uh, Stephen King uh, film, uh, you were in The Green Mile, um, which... Uh, Leads me to ask if if uh, Stephen and you if you've ever encountered each other. Um, did he appreciate your portrayals in the roles? If so, I'm, I've only met Stephen King once, um, briefly, and uh, you know he was. Uh, he said he loved my work, and and it was mutual. I, you know, but um, I, I assume. <laughs> he, he would have he would have requested you not appear in any of his, of his stuff if he thought otherwise, right? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. If he put if he if he told Frank Darabont, don't ever hire that. <laughs> right. That's the ever. that's the Grim Reaper. Don't do that. Uh, I wanted to ask because I think one of the iconic, great, evil, bad characters in any movie is Die Hard Two. And uh, Colonel Stewart, uh, and working on that film that was right after the huge success of the original Die Hard. What was that like? That was, that was great fun. I had just gotten to Los. I just gotten to Hollywood. Um, you know, maybe a, just a couple of years before that one happened. That was. Uh, I, I have to say, I, there was a bit of pressure when you're doing a sequel because um, I had seen the 
first Die Hard in the movie theaters. Yeah. And, and I was already, I was a fan. And Alan Rickman acted the daylights out of that role. I mean, he was brilliant, I thought, as the, as the villain in that thing. He was the slimiest creature I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and the, you know, it was this huge success. And now they're going to make Die Hard 2. And, um, um, and you know, and the nude scene, and so on. So I was yeah. Yes, you're, right. you're, 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 you're in the hotel. You're in you're in, in you're in jacked shape in that film, dude. Thank you. <laughs> I, they, the, the nude scene wasn't in the script. I I found out about it at the costume fitting. There was <laughs> the director was there. You know, Rennie Harlan was there, and and there was no costume for the for that scene. And I said, "What's he What's he wearing in the hotel doing the tai chi?" And and Rennie said. Well, he's from Finland. And he said, well, Bill, I was thinking you would be nude. <laughs> <laughs> you would be nude. And I said, uh, I, I probably should have called my agent and gotten them to shell out more money. Or yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's great. Yeah. And you, you use a TV remote as sort of a quasi-weapon when you you, you, you change the or change the channel. But it's, uh, it, no, it, yeah. it, it's great. We're, right. I mean, it's funny because Preston's kids have discovered the Bill and Ted yes. uh, franchise. And, and we're, we're really, we're excited for this third film. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It opens uh, in theaters on demand uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, by the way. So, uh, yeah, we can see movies again. I it's know. great. <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, listen, William. Continued success. We love your work, and uh, and we wish you the best. And and we'll talk to you sometime soon. Okay. Guys, uh, thank you so much. Anytime, William thank Sadler, guys. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Another good dude. Yeah. Yep, just it, his the, the body of his work is is uh, is terrific. And All yeah, right. He was also a, a tales. He was in both tales from the crypt movies. Was he? Demon <gasps> Knight and a Bordello of Blood. You're right. Yeah, that's correct. Wow. All right. Um, so was our next guest uh, sleeping in? What's the story? He was sleeping in. He said his. Uh, well, he says that he said his uh, alarm wrong. Okay. Uh, we'll have to find out. What I that believe means. a, a man who has to rely on scheduling to set his alarm incorrectly. He's got a uh, a live stream uh, that is taking place uh, tomorrow. He's great. Anytime we've had him in, we're dying laughing, and we're happy to have him on. Chris Porter. Yeah! Hey, sleepyhead. What up, everybody? Hey, man. How you doing? Hey. Uh, I'm good at jokes. I'm good at... Uh, that's it. I'm good at jokes. I'm good at... <laughs> All right, that's, that's just it. Yeah, that's the only thing. Well, you're yeah. good at meeting famous people and becoming buddies with them, too. We found that out over the years. Well, that's just because I'm just a global sensation. <laughs> yeah. That's that got to be it. You're your global sense now. Now, obviously, during in in, in the time of uh, of the pandemic, has has that diminished your global sensation uh, status? Are you finding it hard to get into these situations with the uh, with the celebrities? Yeah, they're all in bunkers, hold <laughs> hold up with weapons, so it's a little difficult. <laughs> They haven't given me the combination to the the bulkhead door. Right, but, of course. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm learning how to cook. I bought a skillet. Oh, you bought uh, a skillet? I did. I thought I was buying a pan. Turns out I'm buying a riddle. <laughs> and, hey, you got to wash it or you got to clean. Keep it clean, but you can't wash it. So good luck with that. Hey, so so you're, you're learning all this. Now, we, we, you've always impressed us when you come in on the show that you're a guy who's who's out and about all the time. And and uh, but you you your ability to adapt to being in in quasi quarantine. I, 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 we understand you've gotten much better at golf. Is that correct? 
I, I'm playing it a lot more. I don't know how much better I'm getting at it. Uh, <laughs> you know how it is. You're just like, maybe if I give you more money, I'll be better at this. And that's not how it is. No. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm going out there. I'm tan AF. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, I, you know, I can't even imagine you as like. Uh, are, are you are you George Hamilton tan, or are you? Oh no, like I'm not like skin cancer level four tan, <laughs> but uh, I got I got I don't look like I'm malnourished anymore. Oh, so there you go. go. That's Good. a step. <laughs> yeah, and no one's come up to me ask me if I start in powder this month. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's you don't want that. Um, so, so the, the the concept of this show, you're live streaming it. It's it's uh, tomorrow night at 10 p.m. locally, and yeah. it's coming from where's it being streamed from? Uh, well, it's being streamed from my apartment, unfortunately, because oh. no one can go anywhere. And uh, but no, you go to rushtix.com, uh, which is r u s h t i x dot com. Uh, and uh, you just you pay your fifteen bucks. They send you a link, and you can watch it from anywhere in the world. All right. So, so are you are, are you doing a set, or are you having you talking to guests? What are, what are you doing? I do both. I do my hour. Con- it's kind of like if you went and saw me at the Punchline. See me do an hour of comedy, and but except at the end, I just hang out, and there's like a questions forum, and you can ask me stuff, and I hang out. And you can watch me get half drunk and a little stoned. <laughs> okay. So well, there you cool. go. That's I, to me. That's worth fifteen bucks. I I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, listen. With the with the pandemic, did that uh, did that squelch your um, being able to be excited about uh, the Chiefs and and the Super Bowl and all that stuff? Or are you still celebrating and on a high from that? Oh no, I'm still on a high from it. I, the new season doesn't seem real. Like, yeah. I think it'll be real once it starts. Like, baseball seems real when you watch it. Basketball's tough to watch because you're like, oh, this scrimmage counts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and hockey, they're actually pumping in, like, um, like crowd cheers and stuff like that. So when, when uh, you know, the teams are scoring, you, you hear the, the crowd go crazy. Um, are you watching uh, Hard Knocks at all? Because they're covering two football teams this year. I'm not watching Hard Knocks, but I'll tell you, here's why they're pumping in the crowd noise, so you can't hear the horrifying things they say to each other during <laughs> yeah. the game. <laughs> yeah, That has proven a problematic with some of the, there's some stuff, the, what used to be covered under the crowd noise is now readily hearable. Well, and now with football, because remember back in the day, even with the crowd noise, if the football play happened too close to the sidelines, you'd hear just, like, the players would say something really awful, and always the the sportscasters would have to be like, well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's a man's game, and they say a lot of tough things. <laughs> it's a man's game. Uh, so, so, all right, so so with that and, and your, your isolation, you still are doing your podcast with your sister, correct? Yeah, I got to do something, or, I, or literally you'd just be here, you'd be reading from a note that I left. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so here's I'm I'm interested in stand up comedy because you have I mean you just countless different uh, perspectives on, on life, and you know everybody has their their approach to to their craft, but like here we are all kind of experiencing the same thing, and so I, I know like the material that is going to you know come out is going to be similar, but so I'm really interested to see how everybody's spin is going to be on this thing, right, right. 
I think it's going to be like politics where, like, I don't plan on talking about it at all. I mean, I'm sure some people, their next hour will be like the quarantine hour or whatever. But uh, you're right. We have all gone through it. And I just, I feel like it's the last thing people want to talk about. So, like, when you come to my shows, I might say one or two things, but you have to acknowledge the fact that it happens so people don't think you're insane. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be doing 20 minutes on how I had to stay inside and smoke weed. (laughs) I think you're right. I think everyone gets it. And it's it's like it's, you know, uh, it it would almost be like like a hack joke at a certain point. Uh, I wanted to ask you about you did a a drive in a show. Was it the Irvine Spectrum? We just had uh, Burke Kreischer here. We're having uh, Jim Gaffigan over the weekend. Um, so your experience with doing the drive in comedy was it? A, 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 were you a fast study or did it take adjusting? Uh, it definitely took adjusting. I mean, as much you know, as much as I hope you buy tickets to the virtual show, it's definitely a step up from those. The virtual shows are weird just because, like, there's a full second between the time I tell the joke, you laughing, and me hearing the laughing. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like I got my junk hanging in the wind all the time, like, after every joke. It's like, here's the punchline. Okay, and you thought it was funny. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So are you you saying you will have your junk hanging in the wind during this, or is that uh, just an analogy? It's it's an analogy. Okay, all right. You know, depending on the temperature, it's nice to have your junk hanging in the wind. <laughs> but you know, if it's too cold, it's not. Yeah. So, uh, but the driving show was great. It was like you know how you tell a joke and you hear laughter. Uh, you just don't get the second part. Right. And it's it's like joke, and then like you kind of hear the the assumption of laughter. Okay. And you just kind of move on. Because everyone's still in their cars. They, like, the one I did, I think when Bert does them, like, you're supposed to honk when you laugh. But we're in a mall, so they're like, don't you dare honk. <laughs> so uh, it was it was a little awful in that case. Right, yeah. They have it a little bit. The, the setup here that they're doing, that Live Nation is doing, is, 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 is pretty solid. But, I mean, obviously this is, you know, it... it, it it's on the way to getting back to where we are, so it's something. But people have just been really responding well. That's why I think even just getting it to get a live show streaming the way you're presenting it is providing something that people really miss. Yeah, I mean, it was just like when we didn't have sports for three months. You were like, man, I didn't care at all about hockey. But if they showed four minutes of it right now, I'd watch it and cry at the <laughs> <laughs> Something. Anything. No, it makes total sense. All right, well, listen, Chris, we got to wrap, but uh, tickets are available for your live stream. It's tomorrow at 10 p.m., and you can go to Rush Ticks. That's R-U-S-H-T-I-X dot com. Get it. There's going to be a Q&A. Chris is awesome, so we'll send people that way. All right, man? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm sorry I slept in. I'm, I'm not great at alarm setting. <laughs> no, no problem. You got time to work on it. All right, thanks. Chris Porter, guys. Hey! It's called We're Not in Kansas Anymore, by the way. All right, we have to take a break. We still have more people to talk to this yeah. morning. Jim Gaffigan will be the next one. We got the bizarre file on the way as well. So stay there because we're not going to be gone long. What's new? Why do you ask? Cage the elephant. Call me when you're Larkin Poe. Rival Sons. Like 
New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. We've got a couple of minutes before uh, Jim Gaffigan is scheduled to get in touch with us. So uh, a couple pieces of audio that I can uh, play for you this morning that I, I think oh. are pretty interesting. Steve came across these. Uh, one of them involves William Shatner. <laughs> this is, you, you know, you and I are fans of uh, what uh, William Shatner has done with um, having a brain fart. Um, uh, with uh, Ben Folds. Ben yeah. He had a uh, great album called Has Been. Yeah. And the one yeah. that was before that was great, too. Uh, and um, so he's done a lot of cool stuff. This is with Richie Blackmore. And it's, uh, you know, who's obviously legendary. Yeah, Deep Purple and right. Rainbow. And, yeah, he's an outstanding guitar player. And they cover, I believe it's a, uh, it's a, it's a blues, it's a blues classic. It's a BB King. King. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's The Thrill Is Gone. The Thrill Is Gone. And we have a little bit to play for you, so we'll see what you think about this. The Thrill Is Gone. Thrill's gone, baby. <laughs> the thrill's gone away. You know, you've done me wrong, baby. And you'll be sorry someday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so he's playing around with that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm still a fan B- of the original, but yeah. that's an interesting take. I yeah. saw BB King do that live with Fish, and uh, how cool! Uh, it, listen, it was such a surprise. I saw Fish at the um, uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, and it was—I think it was around the time the Grammys were happening. So BB King was in town, and he came out and did three songs. And at one point, um, Trey and and BB were exchanging guitar licks, and I couldn't tell who was who. You listen to the the live version. I'm like, the, these guys are are just. It, it was it for me. An amazing experience. Were you, were you able to appreciate it while it was happening? I appreciate it more on the listen back. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I was there. But, uh, like, yeah, I, I think I was able to appreciate it. But, uh, you know, now because I've listened to it so many times, I know what to expect. Sure. Hey, I saw Buddy Guy perform one time, and he's still going. BB uh, passed away a few years ago. But if you get a chance to go see these legendary blues guitarists, do it. Because so you don't know how long they're going to be around. I saw B.B. King at a place, I think it's called My Father's Place. It was on Long Island. and, wow. and uh Like a small, intimate kind of a thing? 200 people. Oh, my God, oh, Steve. No. I mean, it was, I don't know how the hell he ended up there, but he was there. And it was he was, you know, obviously still revered. But I think maybe he was setting up for another show, a bigger show. Wow. I was 50 feet away from him. It was wow. amazing. Wow. Uh, so Richie Black, any idea what this is from? Richie so Blackmore it says, yeah, yeah, I got the full thing here. Just give me a nanosecond. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Uh, yeah, so William Shatner releasing an album of blues covers okay. with guitar playing guests Brad Paisley, Jeff Skunk Baxter, oh. Steve Cropper, and Pat Travers. And in this case, he's with Richie Blackmore. Wow. He loves doing this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I uh, this is, I think it's okay. I've liked the other stuff, you know, more. Yeah, well, I mean, listening to, the the, the one album that I listened to and fell in love with was, was Has Been, and, and he flows through a few really goofy, dumb things that he does, and then some other things have a really serious tone right, to yeah. them and are done very well, and uh, and so he, he floats in and out of it. I mean, he's an actor. He likes to, he likes to right, play. You right, right. 
Now, what if um, he'll do any press for this blues album? Because it'd be cool to have him maybe. on. Maybe, yeah. We've talked to him before. You know, he did the classic, you know, the, the Rocket Man thing is often parodied. Yeah. The, uh, I think it's going to be a long time. <laughs> right. Touchdown brings me back again to five. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, if you want to go to the other clip here, Preston, this is a weird thing. It is. Um, this is stupid. I think it's stupid. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree 100%. It's 99 metal musicians covering nine, 99 bottles of beer on the wall. So each line is sung by a different metal artist because, you know, you have 99 beers, bottles of beer on the wall, take one out and pass around, 99 bottles of beer on the wall. And so you do that 99 times. Right. Uh, and so they have a different person, quote unquote, singing yeah. each one of these lines. And besides and- that, once you get like 20 deep, you know, even there, who knows? There's some from bands you've never heard. There are people from Slayer. I, I know, you know, that there's there's a market for this. There's an audience for this. Yeah. These, these bands sell out shows. They sell loads of, of, of records. I don't get it. I'm like, <laughs> it's like Kathy eating with your fingers. Yeah. I just <laughs> You don't, don't eat bacon with your fingers, it. and you don't do 99 bottles of All beer right, on the Our guest is coming on the line, so let, let me play some of this. Here. That's normal, actually. Pass it around. There's no more bottles of beer on the wall. All right, so I didn't listen to the end here. I listened to the beginning of it. Right. And the beginning of it is like, I mean, it's that, that death metal, yeah, that, that stuff that makes bellowing. no yeah. sense to me whatsoever. And then it tamps down a bit, and I okay. they go through, apparently they're going through all 99, I mean, yeah, it's one do. of, as far as a driving song, where you traditionally would do this with people if you're taking a long journey, I've always hated this song. Yeah. So hear, hearing it done this way does no... Good. Well, this is for the, the, the death metal fans, and you know who these people are, so I guess if you find that entertaining. It is for a charity. That's what I oh, understand. It yes, it's for some sort I think it's for a pet charity. Some charity. But okay. they said after it's released, people have actually taken to killing their pets. Oh, so, okay. Uh, which is for <laughs> uh, And that's, that's the exact that. opposite. Not aware of that. Yeah. All right. On a completely different note. Yes. Nothing like that at all. No. Our next guest has got a show coming up on Saturday. Citizens Bank Park, it's a live-in drive-in. Uh, we just did one a couple of weeks ago with our buddy Bert Kreischer. Went to that, had a great time. It's these, great. These shows work. They're they fantastic. do. So tickets are on sale now. Uh, by the way, for the show, you can go to phillies.com slash drive-in to get all the information. Please welcome the star of that show, Jim Gaffigan. For the program. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course, absolutely. Have you uh, have you done some of these drive-ins, Jim? I have. They are, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a very strange experience. It's oh, voice. Uh, oh. Can you hear me? Uh, you're you're coming in and out a little bit. Yeah, your signal. Could you step out onto the balcony? <laughs> oh gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a weird experience, but it is good. It's, uh, you know, people enjoy it, and I think that, uh, you know, look, it's it's strange. It's, it shows you how kind of desperate we've become for live entertainment in this time, but uh, people enjoy it. 
Well, here's our experience. Yeah, everyone is you know who has done it says it is different. But here's here's the mindset. If you can get out there, um, and uh, like you know when, during the Burt Kreischer show, people pulled up. They had uh, pickup trucks and they had uh, um, vehicles that they were able to relax in or convertibles. And uh, once they got there, and you're right, people are just chomping at the bit to get back to anything that's sort of like live entertainment. So once you factor into the to the uh, the equation that it's not exactly once that's passed, you enjoy it for what it is, which is a great outdoor experience. And uh, and everyone loved it. So are you. Obviously, your 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 presentation is uh, you know you're you're not Gallagher on stage. You're not you know you're 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 going around. You have your your deal. Have you adapted? Will there be pyrotechnics? <laughs> Do you go bigger? Well, no. It's some of it is you have to address the reality of what you're dealing with. You right. know, like the self awareness. But no, I don't have like pyrotechnics or anything like that. It's like we're all going through this pandemic together right so there is you know and i did a cbs sunday morning commentary on this it's just kind of like we're craving community like i miss like the annoying people (laughs) (laughs) you're 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 getting an appreciation for for the annoying people now yeah no it's just there's something about it's it's such a weird experience, and you don't have to be like somebody who loves to tailgate, but it, it's 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 weird. It's you know, like I've done it twice before. I did it once in a horse track a parking lot, and I did it once in a an arena parking lot. And you know, we've got the technology to pull this off. It's just it's a strange experience. But then again, you know, we're all you know we have to be safe. You know, like my wife is high risk, so we're all kind of dealing with different scenarios. So, but but it is kind of uh, it's you know it's kind of like uh, you know it's not like a gluten free bun. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. It goes right to food. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's more like the sugar free whipped cream. You know, like you don't need enough whipped cream to know the difference. Like it's been six months. Sure, would we love to be in the Met? Yes, you know, but uh, this is going to be a different experience. It's weird because I'm developing these this material just for these shows, and I hope that I'll never be able to use it again. <laughs> I would I would say this that, that, that it's possible that there is and we were talking to the Live Nation and by the way the stage setup here is phenomenal so where yeah. in other places they have not from what I understand risen to the occasion but this setup is a really tremendous setup you're elevated and it, it has a, the way everything's laid out it could not be better but I think there could be a hybrid at some point that would allow things like this to take place and it might be it, when all this is over and it will end uh, th- this might be a, p- a potential avenue for other ways to perform. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think also something to consider, because this was a, a relatively a last-minute thing, uh, was I view this as, look, fall's coming. You know, this might be the last time that we can do a drive-in show until the spring. Yeah. Because you know I mean? it's, uh, you know, we all live in this kind of time where, like, you know, late October, November is like when Satan's going to roam the earth or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? That traditionally is when Satan roams the earth. Yes. 
So it is, I saw this as also like one of the last opportunities, at least, you know, for us here in the Northeast, because it's going to get too damn cold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I got to say, when, when I found out that, that you were coming, I, I was like, okay, this is a big deal. Uh, you always sell out in the area. And I got to tell you, like, you are hands down my wife's favorite comedian. She has seen you at the, you had mentioned the Met. She saw you at the Met. She's seen you in Atlantic City. She watches your Netflix specials over and over again. And I was um, actually listening to a uh, one of your Netflix uh, bits the other day with my daughter in the car. She's almost 15 years old, and she doesn't know who Bjorn Borg is. And <laughs> when you hit the Bjorn Borg punchline, she just died laughing. She just thought you were making up words. I don't want to give away the bit, but like she absolutely just was crying laughing at your bits. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I appreciate that. And I tell you... you Another thing that I find appealing about these drive-in shows, look, I've been stuck with my family for six months. (laughs) And so it's like there's things you can do with your family, and then they're back on their screens. And this is actually a, you know, a family event that uh, you can do with your family that is not just involving everyone on a screen or, or sticking food in your face. You know what I mean? Lest we forget that when other people claim, well, it's a family-friendly show, they can say, I performed for the Pope. You can say that. (laughs) Yes, I I did. uh, You know, it's, it's, I mean, that feels like 100 years ago. Yeah. There's so much. And it's also fun because you feel like you're recreating a scene from the movie Cars. (laughs) And I'm like Mater. It's so (laughs) weird. Yeah. You know, we live in it is where there's unique. Like, look, I took my family hiking. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. like asking you, uh, providing entertainment where you sit in a car, or you rent a, you know, a, a flatbed truck is not that weird compared to some of the other stuff we've done. And we're about to enter hell. It's going to be. It really is. It's like, so I, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's a very interesting time. But I again, I view this as like this is probably one of the last shows we're ever going to have. Anyway. <laughs> so as the world spirals out of control, this is your last chance to laugh. I wanted to ask you because um, I, I just I just purchased it. I'm going to watch it this weekend. The movie with Ethan Hawke, Tesla. You are in that film. Yes, yes. I played George Westinghouse, uh, who was a guy who essentially kind of ripped off Tesla. Uh, Tesla was this visionary guy who uh, I was kind of, Westinghouse was the benefactor. And this movie is, you know, it's very kind of indie and uh, offbeat, but it's, it's, you know, it's all over the iTunes page and people are enjoying it. You know, it's also another thing that, you know, we're all looking for entertainment. We're yeah. all looking for something to, besides a bag of chips. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what can I do? But there's also part of me, it's like, you know, I've done everything that I want to do during the quarantine or the pandemic. I don't want to learn guitar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. You know I mean? There's certain things I don't want to do. Like, I'm not going to, you know, I'll cook for my family, but I'm not going to make bread do you know what I mean? It's like there's a certain level of yeah of, of 
fatigue. So we got to get out there while we can. You're right. We do. Mm-hmm. At the at the onset of, of quarantine and so on, my wife and I have three kids. So my wife was immediately like, okay, today we're going to do this project. Tomorrow we have a, uh, we're, we're all going to work on this family puzzle. The day after that, it was like, boom, she had all of these things set up. It lasts for like two weeks. And then after that, yeah. it's back to staring at your phone, sitting on the couch. What are we going to do now? So... Stuff like this is exactly oh, absolutely. what we're needing. And, and I'll tell you where it also comes in. Uh, the fact, Jim, is that uh, I'm tired of hearing that people have become concert-level hopsichord players. D- <laughs> during, the, And I, I have done nothing. I have done nothing to get better at anything during this time. And I feel like I'm a massive underachiever. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, finding something that is safe, and constructive is is impossible. You know, I don't know about you, but like going to the grocery store is, you know, first of all, I go in and I a big uh, once a week I take my kids to the car wash. That's the equivalent of Disney World. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we need things to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I planted seeds. They grew. I harvested. I even started eating the damn vegetables. It's just like we need some things to do. And uh, this is something we're going to be able to do outside. It's like, who knows? Like, are we going to be able to? Are the kids going to be able to trick or treat? I don't know. Maybe everyone should come in their Halloween. <laughs> get get to use your Halloween costumes. You know, one of the benefits, too, and this is a cool thing, when you come in, the way they have it set up, everyone gets a card, and they, they put the Q code into their into their phones, and, and food and beverages are brought to their vehicles. So they don't... And merch, too. And merchandise. You, you, you have merchandise yeah. you're going to sell, Jim? I, you know, I don't know. You know, it's also one of those things where... You know, we're all kind of struggling here. You know what I mean? It's like I was supposed to be at the Met in October. Some people were like, I need that money back. (laughs) So it's like I'm just doing the show. I'm not going to, you know, I have no expectation of merch. You know, of course, my manager probably is hearing this. He's like, bring merch. But uh, it's like we also, we got to pick and choose how we spend our money. You know what I mean? We're all kind of. Dealing with, you know, I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to make money. You know, I have plenty of friends that are like freelance, single people that are like, please Zoom me because I've been stuck here by myself. Uh, You you know, Jim, uh, Steve had mentioned uh, the fact that you can order food uh, while you're watching your show. And food is a big part of, of, you know, your whole career. What would be a good pairing for a Jim Gaffigan show (laughs) if one were to order something in their car? What do you think would go well with your show? I, I think the main ingredient would have to be a lot. <laughs> you know, that is a critical ingredient. Just a lot. Okay. It's, there's, you know, it's we're also getting food delivered, so we have to pick things that, as it's delivered, it doesn't go bad. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm kind of, you know, you don't. It's kind of like the whole avocado thing. You can't. You can buy an avocado, but you better eat it that second it's ripe or you're throwing it away. So yeah. I would say at the show, you got to get something that can travel. Okay. You know, like okay. a burger or a hot dog. <laughs> Cheese steaks are kind of perfect because 
they stay warm because of the bun, right? Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. true. That's and, and it's uh, obviously here it makes sense. So you're 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 good yeah. to go. All right. So if you're headed to the show, you heard it from the man himself. And you know what? I'm I'm going to give away a pair. Of, or actually, it's not a pair. It's a four pack. Yes. Essentially, remember tickets. that when you when you when you buy your deal, you're buying you know four tickets. Yeah. So it's you and three friends, yeah. and you take your cards this Saturday at uh, the Citizens Bank parking lot. So we'll take caller twenty five, and I will give you these tickets right now two one five two six three WMMR, and we'll get you the. Details after we let Jim go on how you go about purchasing tickets and some of the tips and things you need to know about it. They're a lot of fun, and, and yeah. we're looking forward to having you in town. And people are going to love it, and your fans are going to come out. And it's uh, again, you're, you, people are, are chomping at the bit. It's going to be a great night. Thanks so much, you guys. All right, it's good to talk Appreciate to you, Jim. It. Thanks, man. Jim Gaffigan, Yay! guys, in town this Saturday, the live in driving. And uh, by the way, yeah, tickets available through phillies.com slash drive in. And tomorrow we'll have another pair to give away, and not only that, yeah, we'll have a year's supply <laughs> of hot pockets to give away with it, as which well. I'm sure he would fully endorse. He would absolutely. So we will do that tomorrow. So that's just and a heads up on that. May I point out yes. that I assume Jim was talking to us from New York, correct? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> All right, and James McAvoy was talking to us from England. <laughs> Am I nuts? What what is, what, is, what, is what is the di- it's unbelievable. Know. You're saying the phone line yeah, connection. Yeah, like what That's is what it though? Like to. I feel like this happens a lot. I don't know, man. We can only talk to European. Yeah, that's it. From now <laughs> on, only European guests. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm assuming... and it's later there too. It's easier to get them up on. Yeah, get them on the phone too. All right. Uh, did we not do the bizarre? We file? did not. Oh my god. No. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. And it's brought to you by HERS. Pick up a specially marked bag of HERS today for a chance to win $10,000 and take your summer to the next level. Full rules and details at summer.hers.com. HERS forever good. A man has been jailed after he punched a Picasso painting. What the painting do? And it was worth over $30 million, oh, by oh, the way. Oh, my God. And he ripped it from the wall at the Tate Modern Art Gallery in London. Shaquille Massey uh, admitted criminal damage after attacking the artist's 1944 painting called Bust of a Woman. What did you call me? Experts uh, repair uh, say that the repair would take up to 18 months and cost somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, four to $500,000. Uh, Massey was sentenced to 18 months in prison. The court was told that the attack involved Massey punching the painting several times with a padlock before pulling it off the wall and throwing it on the ground. How, how is it that accessible when it's that expensive a painting? Dude, when you go to some galleries, they're just... I mean, works by Rembrandt. They're right there. You can. That's why they have security. And yeah, room. well, they're supposed to intercede, right? Yeah, this guy managed. Hey, to get you in stop a, punching that Rembrandt. A few punches. Uh, so during sentencing, uh, the judge said that Massey's actions were nothing more than an attempt to seek notoriety and five minutes of fame. Upon his arrest, Massey told people, uh, police, his actions were a performance. Ah, that'll help. Out. Okay, mm-hmm. performance art. Two men have been arrested, and another man is wanted in connection with the early Sunday theft of a wooden cow cutout. The cutout, covered in a painting of St. Johnsonville's Kaiser House... I must have that. ...has since been reunited to the Kaiser House, undamaged, arrested, and charged with misdemeanors in the case of Jamie M. Lambert and Casey L. Batista. Uh, the investigation that led to the stolen cow cutout began at 4 a.m. Two sheriff's deputies were on patrol... Witnessed three men running across the street while carrying a large item from the area of the Kaiser House. 
Deputies pursued where they recovered the cutout from a bedroom there. Uh, Batiste and Lan, uh, Lambert were taken into custody and charged. So they brought the cu- the uh, the cutout of the cow into the bedroom. Yeah. What were they planning on doing? I don't know. They were twenty and twenty one years old, so All I right. think alcohol was probably a factor. More than likely, a naked man has decided that uh, car wash would be the perfect place for a late night shower. Uh, in video recorded on August sixteenth, the man is seen receiving a high pressure hose down <laughs> from a friend uh, in one of the washing bays. So I mean, this is the you know, you spray your car with this. This yeah. hurts. Yeah, this, yeah, dude, yeah. this dude was naked. Uh, a, the mm-hmm. owner of the car wash shared the footage on their Facebook page and wished the man a speedy recovery. Uh, they said, we had a great weekend of car washing at Parkland's Car Wash until our new touchless storm automatic. With our new touchless storm automatic, we even had a man versus machine in- incident. Uh, it remains unclear why the man decided to bathe in the car wash. Or if he realized that there were cameras installed, so who knows? They are intense, but if you talk about like a high-pressure washer, a power washer, have you ever had a stream from one of those touch yep. you? Oh, yep. yeah. Oh, my God. That's why I'm saying yeah. this, dude, uh, this dude probably was in pain after this. Uh, it's normal to ask for a vacuum cleaner on your wedding registry, but this is a bit excessive. A couple from Austin, Texas have created a very uh, niche wedding registry. And they are asking only for vacuums. The bride-to-be, Meg Hahn, put together the unique registry on the wedding platform, The Knot, uh, to surprise her vacuum connoisseur fiancé, Brandon Amberburster. He's a vacuum connoisseur? Yeah, or Armburster, that's his name. It's Brandon Armburster. Oh, Brewster. Brewster, okay. yeah. Uh, he says he loves the instant gratification he gets from vacuuming. And has since since he was a child. He also owns seven robot vacuums to keep his home free of dust and debris. They registered for seven hundred and fifteen vacuum seven hundred and fifty vacuum cleaners. Uh, he sounds like an imbecile. Uh, Han says the registry was really created as a joke, oh. and they do not want friends to feel obligated to buy them vacuums. But he does love vacuum cleaners. And let's end with a. Let's see. Let's do one more story. What the hell is this one? I'm trying to find one that is good to end on here. You know, I never have an exact way I want to go out the bizarre file. Uh, I just kind of... You go with the flow. Yeah, I do. Uh, how about this? We'll end with a nice story. All right. We Not like really nice. bizarre, but interesting. A North uh, Georgia fourth grader is soaring to new heights, becoming the youngest person to solo pilot a hot air balloon. Fourth grader. Wow. He's no. nine years old. His name is TJ Head. And on July 10th, when the Cleveland Georgia boy was still eight, he soared 400 feet into the air. Uh, it's part of the family business. His dad, Tarp, that's his dad's first name, Tarp, Tarp? has uh, been piloting balloons himself for 45 years. I want you to fire a balloon. He's done quite a bit of preparation for you years. You listen to Papa Tarp. Uh, Tarp said, describing how they built him a scale model remote controlled hot air balloon. Uh, during that summer flight, Head had traveled about a... So that means this guy's name is Tarphead. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, during that summer flight, Harp Head traveled about a mile and a half in 20 minutes on his first solo flight. Did I hear you right? Did you say your name is Tarphead? He said, I saw the sun setting. I saw a lot of cows. My favorite thing was probably seeing the back of Yona Mountain. And when he landed, yeah, who wouldn't be impressed? Uh, he had, he had a uh, a call to make to Bobby Bradley, who broke the record at nine years old back in 2011 in New Mexico. He said, "When I was four, I said that I was beat his, I would beat his record, and he I did." I beat you. 
And so he called him and told him you that. You loser! And uh, he congratulated him. And there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file. Tarpin. Tarpin. <laughs> we're going to take a break and come back, and we'll see if you've been paying attention, because we're going to ask a question about today's show. It's the lesson question. We'll do trash and music news, too. Stay put. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We have uh, done everything. Nick, I don't have the lesson Yeah, questions. the printer wasn't working properly, so I have them if you want them. All right, so let's see here. We're going to give away a digital download of the gripping psychological thriller The Vanished with Anne Heche and Thomas Jane. Uh, Nick, what do you want to ask? How did Antonio Banderas go about curing himself from coronavirus? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. That, and that that process was mentioned twice on the show. Sure was at a later at a later point. Two one five two six three WMMR. Okay, how did Antonio Benedetta's, who's is it his birthday today? No, it, no, he, he had he, corona, uh, coronavirus. He survived corona, yeah. and then we found out he did it by by doing this. Two one five two six three WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. And while you're calling in, we're going to do the trash. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by Cinch. They're a propane tank home delivery service that brings propane right to your doorstep. You can place your order at cinch.com. What's happening this morning, Steve? Well, as you said earlier, Preston, Halle Berry has filed a request to act as her own lawyer in her divorce from ex-Olivier Martinez. Barry says, despite what people are saying, she has been rigorously studying episodes of Matlock. No. <laughs> oh, my God. 56-year-old Brad Pitt is being linked to German model 21-year-old Nicole Puturowski after they were photographed together. Pitt has reportedly told friends that while there is a bit of a language barrier, he's completely able to understand her vagina. Oh, my God. <laughs> And finally, Tom Cruise exiting his private black helicopter after arriving at Battersea Heliport in London on Thursday. Cruise wore a COVID mask, remained safe, and then drove an exploding double-decker bus into the Thames. (laughs) (laughs) That's your Hollywood trash. All right. uh, We shall see if someone knows the answer to this question. Uh, How did Antonio Bandera's uh, cure his COVID-19 uh, positive. He was. He was. Uh, he had uh, COVID nineteen. Two one five two six three WMMR. I'm going to go to Joe. Hey Joe, how you doing? What's up, guys? Got Zooks. Got yeah, Zooks. Zooks. All right. So, uh, how did he cure COVID? Shoving ginger up his butt. Yeah, it's called figging. <laughs> yeah. But yes. <laughs> yep. Hang on. <laughs> I almost said, look, we'll take the description or the actual term for yeah. it. But yes, it's figging, which is yeah. <laughs> Putting ginger in your butt. That's what you do. All right, so he got it right, and we're going to give him a digital download of the gripping psychological thriller, The Vanished, starring Han Heche and Thomas Jane, and it's a family vacation that takes a terrifying turn where two parents discover their young daughter has vanished without a trace. Own it or rent it today on digital, and it's rated R from Paramount Pictures. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. <laughs> All right, it is brought to you by CherryHillMitsubishi.com. You want to go there because they're the home of the $1 down deal where you could be driving a new or used vehicle today with just $1 down. CherryHillMitsubishi.com. Chris Cornell's widow, Vicky turned to social media yesterday to clarify the misinformation 
that is spreading about the recent vandalization of Cornell's statue outside of the Museum of Pop Culture in Seattle. Although people have blamed rioters and also Save the Children protesters, Vicky said that it is untrue. She wrote in part a few days prior to the vandalism, someone wrote in sidewalk chalk, Save the Children in front of the statue. It rained the night before. Consequently, by Thursday morning when the vandalism occurred, much of the chalk writing was gone, leaving only the words children. Uh, she added that the accounts who have been spreading the false narrative also liked posts that encouraged vandalism. Uh, Vicky wrote, we would appreciate it if those accounts would stop spreading misinformation and... Um, Stuff. Well, I don't. It's got to be a typo. Fomenting. Yeah. No. Fomenting. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking fomenting. Oh, what do they write? All right. Anyway, uh, they wrote foment. F O M E N T I N G. Yeah. Fomenting. I don't know what that means. Uh, Creating. uh, Encouraging. Okay. Fomenting discord. See, you learn stuff from time to time. I do anyway, as it tarnishes Chris's legacy, masks the truth, and hurts those. Who Chris loved as well as Chris's true fans. It's the tar-like residue on a duck's anus crust. <laughs> ah, um, uh, the statue was uh, vandalized August twentieth with white paint. Okay, so it was, and it was splattered. I had not heard about the this vandalism. Okay, yeah. huh. yep. Access TV has tapped uh, Hailstorm's Lizzie Hale to host the third season of the network's ongoing series, A Year in Music, and the new season will debut on Sunday, October fourth, nine thirty p.m. Uh, season 3 features 12 new episodes that we'll take a look back in 2001, 1998, 2008, and 1986, among other standout years. Uh, this is her first hosting gig. She said, uh, hosting a year in music is a dream come true for me as it allows me to both discuss and learn about music's mm-hmm. impact on history and then share that knowledge with music lovers across the world. Uh, so she's excited about it. Very cool. Pretty Reckless singer Taylor Momsen has opened up about the band's new album, Death by Rock and Roll. And in an interview, uh, Momsen spoke on what it was like to take on co-production duties with guitarist Ben Phillips and Jonathan Wyman. She said, I think as a songwriter, at least for me, when I write a song, I hear it all in my head. So I think the job of a producer, at least for our band, has always been to help the artists guide what they're hearing in their head and somehow figure out how to make that come out of the speakers. She said, I hear everything, so then it's just, how do you physically make that happen? And that's always a challenge. We were, uh, we pretty much just try everything, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, until you get to a place where it starts to feel good, and then you expound on that. You, you, so you're talking about uh, death by rock and roll, and I, I had a dream the other night, and I don't know if this is a, a precognition, you know, where I'm right. looking into the future, but uh, where rock starts to come back in okay. like rock was becoming more a thing and i think in general I, when you see stuff like this and you know when as we said before things tend to go in waves um you know people like that and and what they're doing and and these these women who are rocking so hard i think i think that's part of the turnaround yeah. i'm hoping it is uh, or maybe i'm just lying to myself she said so i think in a lot of ways it felt like a real natural progression because it's uh not something that i didn't do before i just didn't have the weight of that title i guess if that makes any sense. So Death by Rock and Roll will be released early next year. So they've, they've held off on uh, releasing that. ACDC's Angus Young has long been a one, of, one of Rock's most iconic performers and is legendary for losing himself once he gets into the zone on stage. 
During a recent uh, chat with Total Guitar, he spoke frankly about his metamorphosis once the lights go down and the music starts, revealing, I'm on my own little cloud. Adrenaline takes over. It's like when you take off in an airplane. It's exhilarating. Uh, when you're firing well, it's the best feeling in the world. And when it goes wrong, it's like someone shoved a red-hot poker up your backside. Huh. But for me, uh, the shows go so quickly. Uh, you're on and you're off, and then you have to go back to how you are as a person. That's the hard part, because once you go into being the schoolboy, it's pretty hard to come off it. And I'm like two different people, sometimes three. When pressed about who the third person might be, he said... Uh, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I've been up there playing and thinking, what are those feet doing? I'm watching them t- uh, to see which way they want to go. That's all I ever do, follow the feet and the guitar. Uh, the duck walk comes naturally. When I put on the uniform and the legs start shaking, I'm ready, he says. So when you're playing drums, you get into the zone, you get lost in them when you're in a yeah. zone? Yeah, so you guys like with him with the guitar? Yeah, you don't think about it. Do you, you think just... a tambourine player ever gets lost in the... Probably. I think they're, they've always been lost, to be honest. Into a tambourine yeah, solo? Yep, yeah, it happens. You just, the jingle jangle, man, it gets you. <laughs> it seems to be one of those instruments that does not generate that mm. kind of euphoria. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Like a triangle. Uh, set for release on what would have been John Lennon's 80th birthday is the new solo compilation called Gimme Some Truth. The set, which is executive produced by Yoko Ono and produced by Sean Lennon, Features 36 songs handpicked by Yoko and Sean. She just covered a Billy Joel song. Oh, my God. It's so phenomenal. (laughs) Do you want to grab All right, Marissa's going to grab it. Yeah, if we can grab that, it's amazing. I mean, she totally redeemed herself from that last performance. All right, we'll we'll get that over. Uh, With the tunes completely remixed from scratch, using brand new transfers of the original multi-tracks, cleaned up to the highest possible sonic quality. After weeks of painstaking preparation... Uh, the final mixes and effects were completed using only vintage analog equipment and effects at Hanson Recording Studios in Los Angeles and then mastered in analog at Abbey Road Studios by Alex Wharton in order to ensure the most beautiful and authentic sound quality possible. Now, the collection will come with a newly compiled 124-page uh, tw- book of lyrics and photos. And a Metallica violin. Uh, according to the album's press release, the book tells the story of all 36 songs in John and Yoko's words and the words of those who worked alongside them through archival and brand new interviews accompanied by hundreds of previously unseen photographs, Polaroids, movie still frames, letters, lyric sheets, tape boxes, and artworks and memorabilia from the Lennon-Ono archives. So what that, would you expect to pay for this amazing package? That will be coming out on uh, December 4th, I believe. No, December 7th is his birthday. Um, do we have it? Yeah. Okay, so this is... Uh, Yoko Ono covering uh, Billy Joel's Big Shot. Yeah. It's so good because yeah. the, the thing is that sometimes you can either – I would call that paying homage to the, the source material. Sure, sure. Yeah, you don't want to stray too far because yeah. then that's uh, 
then then you're then you're making it you know too much of your own. I mean, all kind of a mockery. Billy Joel wrote that, right? And he wanted it a certain way. So she's not doing like a, a Billy Joel impression. She's no. saying yeah. true no, to no, who no, she no. is. Yep. Yeah. 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 While still paying homage, right, to yeah. these source materials. It's difficult to navigate that line. Appreciate that. All right, so we're going to take a break, and when we return, that's it in music news, by the way. Uh, we'll come back in a moment, and we'll get the letter of the day for the word of the week, and Pierre Robert, stay with us. 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. Celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Here and see more at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. A full program today coming to a close on this uh, fine Thursday afternoon. Uh, so that means I have a lot of people to thank, and I want to do that very thing. We had um, our lead interview was outstanding. James McAvoy. Yeah. Amazing actor, super nice guy, considers Philadelphia to be his second home. He's got a he's got a home here that he comes back and he hasn't visited since last September. He's from Scotland and he speaks English fluently. <laughs> yes, it's a, what a talent! Amazing. Yeah. Listen, he speaks Delco, man. He yes, he does. He referenced Delco this morning. Casey was so excited. I mean, that's pretty wild. Yeah. He's gonna send, of it. He's going to send us a picture of him in his Delco hat. By the way, so uh, James McAvoy promoting Give and Go Athletics, uh, and they help out uh, to promote. Obviously, athletics and uh, health, human development, and uh, informal learning as well to people in need. And you can check out their website at giveandgoathletics.org. Uh, we also had uh, actor William Sadler. Yeah. He was great. Uh, he is in the next Bill and Ted movie. Bill and Ted Face the Music. He plays the Grim Reaper, Death. He's <laughs> hilarious in that movie. Uh, Jim Gaffigan. Yay! On the show. And Jim is the live-in drive-in this Saturday, Citizens Bank Park, holding out that the weather's going to be good. Uh, and also Chris Porter, live-streaming from San Francisco Friday at 10 p.m. His show. And you can get tickets at Rush Ticks. Dot com. Pierre is here. He's checking his glasses, making sure everything's clean and tidy and ready to go for his program today. You That's look very it. orange and black. Is this a Flyers thing, I assume? Of no. course. Uh, no? <laughs> no. Oh, all right. I, I had or- I one clean pair of shorts left, which were <laughs> orange. I see. And then I happened to have orange high-top chucks. I thought you were celebrating the overtime win yesterday. Uh, the boys in blue yeah. uh, are always to be celebrated, okay. however. I scared my dog, by the way. When <laughs> they scored that goal, Meyer so scored loud. the goal, and I was like, yes! Yes! And my dog no, was like, dude. he thought I was yelling at him. He when Myers looked... did that, I flipped. Right? I flipped when Myers did that, man. <laughs> I flipped and did a triple flip. Slip. Right? Slip. I did a split, a man. Mm-hmm. I triple split. He flipped. Is that he... a split flip? It's a split flip, man. <laughs> we call it an SF. <laughs> okay. SF. So you're doing good? Yes, thank yeah. you. <laughs> All right, uh, should we do the letter of the day? Let's so get on you're, with you're, it. You know. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. Oh, let's get on with it. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. A is in amazing. All right, we have one more letter to go after that A today. And we have a Metallica and San Francisco Symphony, S&M 2, 
box set and custom Metallica S&M 2 logoed violin, which is one of only 100 that were made. Uh, the live album and video contains the September 6th and 8th shows at San Francisco's Chase Center. To be released this Friday, tomorrow, pre-orders happening now. Box set contains limited edition 4LP color vinyl, exclusive photo book, two CDs, Blu-ray, sheet music, five guitar picks, poster, and download card. You can go to WMMR.com for the track listing and the details. So we give that away tomorrow, which is wonderful. You have some cool stuff planned today? I do. Excellent. I've got uh, Workforce Blocks of the Kinks. I've got Stevie Ray Vaughan. And to please your Buffett-loving heart, Rush. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Alex Lifeson's birthday yeah. today. That's correct. <laughs> All right. Excellent. I'm looking forward to that. All right, let me thank the sponsors. Preston and Steve Show has been brought to you today by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Also brought to you by HERS, the official chip taking your summer to the next level, and uh, Hyundai City Park. Get ready for a whole lot of Sonata. Shop now and save during the summer sell-off at HyundaiCity.com. Uh, tomorrow on our program, we have a couple of things to mention. Billy Zabka. Billy nice. Zabka. will be joining us. He's awesome. Yeah. He's been in so many good things. Yeah, he was a great uh, interview the last time we had him. Uh, he was excellent. He, he wouldn't leave until he was able to say, uh, uh, oh, man, what was Screw it? you, Melon. Now, and the, the get her ones. done. No, not get her done. <laughs> no mercy, whatever. Yeah. yeah. From, uh, I don't leave till I say get her done. It was... Sweep the leg? No, it wasn't no. sweep the leg. No. Anyway, it was something no mercy. But anyhow, no. we'll ask him about it tomorrow. Yes. Ian LaPerriere is going to be joining us. Ah, and comedian Rachel Feinstein and also the lead singer of Seether, Sean Morgan, is getting in touch wow, with us. Wow, that's cool. Busy day tomorrow. That's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. You can eat every food with your fingers. You can eat soup with your fingers. You can eat peas with your fingers. You can eat lima beans. You can eat broccoli. You can even eat burritos, tacos. I mean, the list goes on and on. Kathy, you have no f***ing idea what you're talking about. Next message. Hey, guys. Mighty face, pink heart, wink emoji, growing heart, angel wings, upside down face, eggplant, huggy emoji. I got no idea what the f*** I just said. Next message. Hey, asshole. Yeah, you with the silver SUV with the giant Notre Dame sticker on the back window. You come home and ask down my neighborhood one more time and your ass is going to jail. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.